Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. For those who don't know, this is the second podcast I do. My main podcast that I end up doing is Mod Chat, where it's not really a news show, but it's a bit more structured, and it kind of covers just new topics and things that I find interesting in the world of video game modding, console modding, and all that fun stuff. However, this is not that. This here is Mario's Minute, where essentially I come on here and I talk about whatever the hell I want to. Sometimes I have a guest on, sometimes I don't, but it is available in two different form factors. First of all, you can find it on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel in a video form where there's not too much going on there. It's really just a photo of myself or I guess a a uh, cartoon photo of myself, you could say. My channel art, there we go, uh, with a cool-looking visualizer on there. At least I think it's cool-looking, but there's not all too much going on visually. Or you can, of course, take it around and listen to it audio-only like an actual podcast. Simply look up Mario's Minute, and you should hopefully be able to find it on your favorite podcasting app, host, or provider. Now, getting into this episode here, uh, I said, as I said earlier, that sometimes I have a guest on, sometimes I don't. I try my best to alternate it between months. So last month was a solo episode to start off the year, and it was a fun one for sure. However, this episode here, I do have a guest on. So as I always ask to my guest, who the hell are you? Hello, I'm, I'm Femi. I make videos on YouTube, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's why I am. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Fami. I do appreciate it. Uh, thank you it. for Just inviting me. Here. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's not like we've been talking for like two hours prior no. to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've we tried to get this started here, kind of, sort of, and then it's always been like, oh, let's go on this other tangent and talk about this oh, other yeah, thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we already have like a podcast full of unrecorded stuff that's already out Yeah, there. <laughs> I, it's, it, it's great. We basically, we uh, generated stuff and we can, <laughs> we can pick and choose now. <laughs> That's pretty much what we've done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I did want to, I guess, kind of start off here with kind of talking about how we know each other in some way, because um, I, I will say, at least for me, knowing of you, um, I had found a few of your videos online, of course. And I think the first one I saw from you was your deep dive on uh, the Wii startup disc. Like oh, had, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yes, I had seen that. I love that one of course i know at the moment right now while we're recording your most recent one is your homebrew channel one yes. like the music of the homebrew channel um that was a phenomenal one as well too that i yeah very I, much I wasn't enjoyed. expecting it like to go that well like even i was expecting it to get some views uh because the the arrow one went well it, it was getting it but then out of nowhere it it exploded like i, I, I didn't know what to do uh, because i like uh like in a few days i went from like I think it was 7,000 subs to 40,000. And I was like, how did this happen? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, it's still weird to me. Congratulations. That is deserved. But that's how it happens as well, too. Like sometimes with those like viral type videos or the ones that hit, it just like they need to warm up a little bit. And then when it happens, it's like, why is this happening? Yeah, here? I wasn't I, even trying to make this happen. Yes, yes. Like um, I only wanted to make that video because uh, I thought it was a cool concept, like having to because uh you literally couldn't find this guy i was like okay let's let's give him credit because everyone knows that music okay uh yeah. it's it's been reused uh even in, in a few games in a hat of like in a hat in time i think uh it's also like um in the 3ds homebrew i think it's uh, like you can set it in the homebrew browser um and beautiful 
people know the theme, people hum the theme, but they don't know who made it. And I, I didn't want that to stay that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I've uh, it, it was a good video overall. Thank I you. very much enjoyed that. Yeah, of course. So I guess that it helps to put you on the map there. But I think even after that, like at one point, I had followed you on Twitter. Yeah, and then it was funny. So I haven't told you this until now, <laughs> but okay. um, I had followed you on Twitter, and then I remember like shortly after you followed me back. And you hit me up in the DMs and you were like very polite, but you were just like, oh, hey, like you were surprised by me following you and you said you're a fan. And I am one of those people. I'm just like, oh, I I wasn't expecting to have a conversation (laughs) here. Like I just I thought you made cool content and I want to see what future things you were up to. (laughs) So that's happened a few times. It's always kind of a shock to me when like somebody will just like message me back. Uh I'm just like, oh, I wasn't. I was trying to have a conversation like I'm cool with this, but I just want to see what stuff you were up to. This recently happened. So um, there is this. Uh, so I I listen to loads of SoundCloud music. OK. Mm-hmm. And I, I follow a lot of SoundCloud musicians, uh, especially in the experimental um, scene uh, without going too much into detail. But I so one of the people I followed <laughs> followed me back and then he wrote to me. Yo, you're following me? You following me? And I was like, yeah, you make good music. Like <laughs> that's why I follow you. <laughs> and I, I, I was happy he was following me back. I didn't know what to say. He, he made great stuff, and I was following him. Um, that happened two, two or three times actually. With uh, all the times with musicians, because I just tend to like I spend lots of time on SoundCloud, uh, and yeah. <laughs> It's interesting. Uh, I'm I'm very happy that they follow me back. It's it's cool that like um they they like my stuff too. But like when you don't know, when you're not expecting a conversation, it can be weird to like oh <laughs> to come up with something like to say yeah I I I like your stuff I guess. Absolutely, yeah. I've uh, I mean I've had that with some musicians as well too that I follow. Yeah, and um, it's cool. It's not like all the musicians, but there's been like a few that have surprised me. Where like I follow them, they follow me back, and I'm like. Oh my! Oh my God! Okay, I've uh, I've cried to your music. Like this song is like really yeah 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 me, so. exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. That's what happened with with two or three people, and I'm very happy. But like I'm still happy about that, and it's it's nuts. Uh, it happens with YouTubers too, and like other creators, even not in the YouTube side, like uh, journalists, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very happy, but uh, then sometimes they reach in the end, and I'm like, yeah, I I love your work. This is <laughs> I saw this is why I follow you. Uh, so I, I got I got what you mean, uh, especially because um, right now I think in the current era uh, it's kind of difficult to see if people are following you for what you do or for who you are, like for the right. kind of yeah. So I I can see like uh, so people try to understand that, and you sometimes instinctively try to to understand that too. And yeah, it's that's what makes the conversation weird. Is this person following me because they like what I do or they like what I'm, I, I am slash what I post here, even though social media, again, are a very watered down, selected version of what a person is. Because Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 Except for, I mean, there's going to be people who overshare and everything. Yeah. Like, I don't need to know what you're doing every minute of the day. Actually, I'm going <laughs> to unfollow. This is like, no yeah. offense to you, but this is kind of annoying. No, it's basically two extremes that I noticed. Like there's people who share every time they go to the bathroom, basically, and people who <laughs> only post when their relatives die. Uh, so those are the two spheres. And I, I think the the right choice in the middle, like just be aware of what you post online, I guess. And uh, yeah, I when you're a creator, it's even weirder because like 
everything gets mixed. And yeah, I'm still getting used to that. Yes. I'm yeah. not used to that at all. Yeah. It's it's weird to kind of like come to grips with. And then at one point you're kind of just like, okay, here's the barriers here. We'll kind of figure this out. Um, yes. I don't know if you know of her, but Britta from the Food for Dogs channel, um, she is just like, do, do you know of her? Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> I, I know is... of the channel because you mentioned it in the past, but I don't know her. All right. Um, she, in short, is like the coolest old woman. Just like imagine, and she's not a grandma, funny enough, but like imagine like an old grandmother who is super into the PlayStation Vita, oh, visual wow. novels, oh, wow. Switch, and just game collecting in general. And <laughs> the coolest thing cool. is because of her like her background because she didn't start gaming until like 10 15 years ago so she's relatively new to it but because of her worldly experiences and just the media that she's consumed prior and then coming into it at a later point when she talks about like video games and contrast stories and everything she introduces like new media and just new concepts that like younger people wouldn't think of because they haven't lived through a certain thing or they just aren't aware of you know a certain type of you know That's movie quite that cool, maybe yeah. she's comparing it to yeah um no she's been she's been super cool overall i forgot where i was totally going with that but i guess part of it <laughs> no was worries. also just uh shouting out food for dogs on there um yeah i i, I gotta check like I, i've checked them out because you mentioned them but i never really looked in depth um but I'm going to do that now. I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, there was like one. I, I even found her because there was like one visual novel. Oh, I'm remembering now. Up, uh, And then I'll get back to this. But it was like she had said something. She was on another podcast called The Korean okay. Unknown. And she said something about, you know, kind of the social media sphere of everything. Yes. I'm going to poorly paraphrase her because it's not exactly what she said. But she said something along the lines of she's learned that deciding what to share and what to keep private there's very much a fine line between mm -hmm. a fine line and a boundary between wanting to be accessible and wanting to have some privacy and it's never going to be the same it's constantly shifting and you have to consistently keep up with that and change it in certain absolutely direction. absolutely yeah. uh like um i can make an example here for example for example <laughs> uh, i was saying um like, think about phone books, okay? They oh, were yeah. a normal thing 40 years ago, and now they are a tool to to dox someone. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you know they're still around? Yes, I, I know that. Um, okay. Because yeah, I forgot that they're still around. They yeah, are, you can they, ask for a phone book and you'll get it. Yes, yes. Uh, here in Europe, they're being phased away, I noticed, uh, but they are they're still being distributed around. The thing is, like, um, most people, like, this this potential for for quote unquote doxing has always been there. It's it's the plot of the fucking first Terminator. Okay, like he finds every Sarah Connor using a phone book. Okay, it's not something what? new. I don't. So I'll be honest. I forgot about that because I don't like the first Terminator that much. <laughs> yeah, Terminator it's, Two it's is the best good. one. Terminator but Two, I is, I yeah, it's definitely the best one. Yeah. But, I, uh, I, hold, hold, real quick, I just I've always had this thought. Terminator 3 just kind of plays like a live action family guy to me. Yes. Terminator uh -huh. 3. Like uh so <laughs> I, I, I rewatched it recently and it it basically it seemed like a parody of what it's, Terminator 2 yeah. was. And it's, if you look at it that way, even the ending is super underwhelming. It's like <laughs> Yeah. Um no, but like uh yeah, the, the privacy thing she was saying, they are constantly shifting. Right now with AI, stuff is becoming quite scary. 
you gotta be aware of, of privacy. And I, I suggest people just chat everything all the time. But the thing is that uh, even though for, for people who are privacy aware is normal, for the average guy, they're just trying to watch videos on TikTok. So they don't exactly. care about this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah, it's like uh, it's okay. All my all my data can be mined. It's fine to show me more funny videos. Yeah, like uh they just it's it sucks because... I'm saying that for like the average TikTok user, but yeah, that's kind of what I picked up there. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm I don't have anything about against the like it's just that people don't notice and it's it's totally understandable. I notice and you notice because we grew up in an era where oversharing wasn't normal. Uh when yeah. I, when, when I was a kid talking about um even just making stuff, if you made any kind of stuff online, you were seen as a, a, a weirdo sometimes. Because <laughs> people say, oh, you're putting videos of yourself on the internet? <laughs> like, Well, also, like, you got to think, do you remember, I like, go back like 18 years ago, right? So 2005, do you remember how difficult it was to, like, take a photo of your desk and post it online? Yes. Uh, back, like, back then, stuff, I, I, like, I was... You really had to go through the effort. Yeah, like... uh. I, I was more like a little more than, than a fetus, but I remember that uh, like you had to in 2007-2008 the best camera I had was 0.3 megapixels, and it, yeah. it needed like a flash uh, outdoors. Like compact flash. <laughs> I, I or, had, oh no, like literal flash. Yeah, okay. a little flash. Like you needed because it sucked, and like digital pictures. Yeah, they were a thing, and if you had the money, you could buy decent cameras, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But um, the average person just had a shitty pocket camera and uh, a Nokia phone with Simeon if they were lucky or a Blackberry. <laughs> I, 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 I had a Nokia phone. Uh, I had a Simeon phone. I used emulators on there. Uh, nice. So shout out to uh, <laughs> Simeon I got. No, uh, what I was saying is publishing photos, even just having data everywhere is something, yeah. is it, it, a concept that uh, like it took a while for me to uh, accept that as, as a person uh, while kids right now are born in a world where that's normal uh, and this is constantly shifting people to essentially see uh, being constantly publicly posting stuff about themselves as the norm and it's not bad just be aware that people are like just be aware of privacy for God's sake people and companies are trying to exploit you just don't let them do that we are the product <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. This podcast is slowly gonna turn into like uh, we're gonna f- have a, a fight club made up. <laughs> oh God, no, I, that, that's not what we're trying to do here. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, if, if if any YouTube bots, AI bots are scanning this, this is a joke. <laughs> yes, okay. this is a joke. Please. No, no yeah, I no. I, in all seriousness, I've I've seen like the YouTube bots are going nuts recently. Uh, like I've seen them uh, demonetize videos from YouTubers of from like five years ago because the, the YouTube changed the policies recently. You might have seen that. Yeah. And, oh, they're always doing that. Yeah. Yes. But in the most recent recent change, uh, they changed the profanity policy again. So uh, they demonetize like an entire channel worth uh, to some people, which basically lost their revenue overnight. So <laughs> that's that's scary. Yeah, yeah yeah it 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 can happen and i think i saw i don't remember where i had heard this but it was like something i was consuming where they were just saying like how different this is because um for example i mean we see it in real life with laws where um 
I'm even thinking like ivory tusks, for example, you know, like owning them for a while was fine. And then at yes. one point it was yes. made illegal. Um, so if you buy one now, like in the US, for example, it is illegal. However, if you ended up owning one before this law was put into effect, it's grandfathered in as long as you can, you know, prove all the stuff there that you'd had it beforehand. YouTube doesn't operate like that. So it's like you could have done something that was perfectly acceptable, no issue six years ago. And then if it changes now, you're punished for something that was yes. perfectly fine yes, 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 for, yes. Uh, since the inception of the platform. And you're so, punished like in current day for that. Uh, you you might like you're definitely aware of the uh, IDUBS video that got removed for the reason, like the content cop about Leafy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's the, the most blatant example. They changed the policy overnight and the video got taken down and he got a strike, which is kind of crazy because, like, that video was okay up until yesterday. You could, okay, removing it is fine, but giving him, giving him a strike is just... Come on. <laughs> YouTube will be selective with certain things like that. And also yeah. I've, I've talked with several like YouTube friends and stuff search about this, but, um, and then you can even get more conspiratorial as well. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, there, 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 uh, there was like, I remember a video by Goku Naru where, uh, there was loads yeah. of like, discussion about that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But, um, in short with that, YouTube hated leafy they hated how fast he was growing yes. they oh, wait, did, wait, and, wait. and i understand and here's the thing i I'll, understand i, I, I want to say one thing i not sure uh, have you seen the um, the great video by ample lemon about that uh yes yeah okay. it's been a while okay. but i've seen it okay. yeah. yes 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 no, because he yeah it's it's a wonderful video about that uh, but yeah, uh, what were you saying? Sorry, I didn't want yeah, to. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. Yeah, like what happened is they were obviously just kind of merely tolerating Leafy for a while, but they didn't want to have that type of culture and, you know, kind of promote that and how everything was and like the content that he was making. So that's kind of around the time when he had stopped making videos for a while. It was because like you could... It, it, for anybody who like operates a channel and has done it for a while, you could have looked at his channel at its prime and then when it just kind of stopped and it was like a switch flipped. And yeah. I am confident that YouTube was definitely doing things to very much slow his growth, slow his progression. And like, again, I understand it. They didn't want to cultivate that type of content. Yeah, like, I'll be honest, like, that. that kind of content was just worrying because it led to people bullying kids or, or disabled people or just, just doing terrible shit. Oh, but yeah. it's all, like, uh, I, I, I think we can say like i can understand why them as a company did it because like you don't like you're not going to get advertisers if your platform because known as that becomes known as the the place where people get bullied that, that's that's like i totally get that they're a private company they have to make money somehow because i mean they're hosting videos which are probably the the most the, the huge data like we just take up so much space <laughs> And they're yes. hosting them for free. Okay, people, yes. people forget that uh, up, up until like 20, 2008, uh, it was impossible to find a decent video hosting place. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And even so with YouTube, if you remember, it even had uh, limitations on there yes. too. So yes. like the, yes. the thing that you would do is you would try to set your account as a director account because therefore yeah. at that point you could upload videos longer than 15 minutes. There was that one and... And there was also the fact that, um, yeah, most people didn't do that. They had to do parts. So you, you see all videos, they are like in a hundred parts uh, mm -hmm. for this reason. And like, I like I, I didn't even follow. I never followed Leafy personally. Uh, mm -hmm. It's never been in my sight. 
but I've like this entire <laughs> this entire thing has been weird, and everyone has noticed that. Everyone. Uh, I I don't really have an opinion about Leafy now because I don't even sure. know what he does, what he ended up doing. I just heard that he's filthy rich from his videos. Uh, uh, yeah, I I think I think pretty much what he does now. He has like a clothing company. He occasionally puts stuff up on. He okay. drives around okay, his okay. car everywhere, and he will post occasionally and say, "Man, I still miss making videos." <laughs> I remember yeah. that he made a channel. I think last year. Uh, because I've seen a post and then he got deleted in like ten yes. minutes, which is shady. Yeah, he he is one of the few like non-political figures that just gets terminated on site yes, on yes, YouTube yes. whenever he makes a new account, but, or even if he yeah. even if he does the loophole where it's like, oh, it's actually another friend who owns and operates his account, yeah, and I'm just is, a contract worker. Yeah, it's, it's the the thing Kimstar does, which is. <laughs> Yes, and from from what I understand, I don't think that's a thing anymore that you can do. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. No, on I that, I have no idea. Like because they are constantly changing the the terms. I get a yeah. check again, but yeah, that was the loophole. He was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just a host here. I'm just here to. Yeah. Uh, no, but like um, as, as I was saying, I can understand why you took like. That channel was full of very terrible stuff because you're never justified in bullying people for stuff like bullying general. Okay, just that. Uh, So yeah, I I get why YouTube does that, but we can't deny that the how it went down was weird because it seemed like they were trying to pull this off and then say, "Oh no, it was Idubs." People stop following uh, Leafy because Idubs, not because Mm -hmm. we we stopped making him appear on the feed of people. Exactly, um, yeah. It was mostly that, and I think demonetization, which hit loads of channels, including him, during that period. Um, because before then, if you remember, I wouldn't say every video got monetized, but it was like, a demonetized video was very rare to see. I, the reason why I'm hesitating there is because I remember I had weird things for a while. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even anything like controversial, but it was like, I to this day, I still have a video. It's private, but it was a video recorded on my old, old laptop, just a webcam video. Like I hit record. I started talking about kind of like it was like a life blog, nothing controversial, just kind of sharing what's going on. What okay. are we doing on the channel? Close it down, then upload the video. That video it was uploaded in like 2011, 2012, got hit with limited ads under a manual review. It still has limited ads. So I ran into weird stuff like that. Uh, the weirdest thing that happened to me is um, I got a video that, so essentially, uh, it wasn't even on my channel. Basically, I had, um, I, I worked on a project with a person. And uh, in that video, there was the word hentai uh, for mm-hmm. a joke. Okay, there wasn't anything shown. It was in the video. And the video got removed for uh, adult content. Even though it was just... That I don't know where... The, the guy got scared and he just accepted it and went on. But that mm-hmm. was weird. That was really... And I think that's mostly like the OCR OCR thing uh, YouTube does. Uh, that just yeah. hit. Like, if you appeal that, you probably have, have gotten it oh, like, removed. But yeah, that kind of stuff happens. The... And yeah. Yeah, the most wild one I've seen um, probably has to be, or maybe the most egregious one here. Uh, do you know of Rob Gavigan? Uh, no, I think I've never heard him. Uh, he he does all. I think I think he kind of does some true crime stuff now. I'm still subscribed to him. I just don't really follow what he does. Okay. Um, it wasn't really his content that was the issue, but at one point, I think everything was getting demonetized. Just everything he was doing. 
he quite literally had to legally change his name. His name is what? now Raw what? Gavigan, and uh, it's fine. Okay. And I'm not go- I'm not going to say what his name was, but his last name used to be a word that could be considered a slur. But oh, it is wow. also a somewhat common last name, and his legal name was his cha- like his legal name was his channel name. So at one point, it was decided, hey. Because your last name is quite literally a slur here, everything was getting demonetized. He's and the nuts. only way he was able to fix it was when he changed his name, which he did legally change his name to Gavigan <laughs> wow. in real life. And now his channel's fine. This is, so uh, the same thing happened to Justin Wang on TikTok. Uh, because they really? Thought, yeah, they thought his last name was, uh, <laughs> was a reference to the male genital, as far as I can tell. <laughs> it's not, oh my God. It, yeah, it's a... Pretty common uh, Asian surname, as far as like, as far as I know. Then again, yeah. I'm not like. So that was weird. You you just <laughs> like, stuff like that should be asked for, addressed by humans, but that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, it's just terrible. It's just something. <laughs> but then then again, you also gotta understand that we are talking about dealing with so much content. Like mm-hmm. we we are looking at this from the bottom, but you you have to imagine how how difficult it, it is to handle the entire platform so i like you can't blame them but you also can't blame them because this is gi- like it's a giant platform it's, it's hours and hours and hours of videos getting uploaded every second you gotta check if they have anything weird in them if they have anything copyrighted it, like yeah it's yeah it's no it's I, it's not I, I, I agree on there. Uh, the reason I was uh, kind of doing some typing here just because I even did like some quick math on this quite literally. I just yes. want to see like the daily active users on YouTube. So it's about like 122 million, right? Yeah, so that's a lot. It's, it is, but that's, it's so big that even if there is an issue that affects 1% of the users, which doesn't sound like that much, that means there's over 1 million users who are experiencing that issue. <laughs> yes. Uh, just like I think four or five months ago, uh, YouTube had an outage for like five minutes. Okay. And in those five minutes, I, I have this group chat with IOL friends and they were all complaining that everything wasn't working. <laughs> and it was like, that was the only time I had seen YouTube down. So you, you, you like... <laughs> It's very I, rare yes. that it happens. Sometimes it's even uh, by territory as well, too. Yes, because um, I, I, I mean, just like every giant company, they probably used uh, content, yeah, content delivery networks, CDNs. Yep. Uh, so th- that makes sense. I mean, that, that's that's safe. That's also a built-in uh, DOS protection, I think. So that's understandable why it was regional. But it's still weird because, like, it was five minutes, but I've seen like people complain and i was like oh wow like this thing is free most of the year just give it a second okay <laughs> um people yeah. wanted their videos yeah yeah uh yeah just I th- uh, the, the also the ratio uh, at which people get used to free stuff is interesting because oh, yeah. something that is amazing yesterday is normal today and that's just how we are as humans okay um we can you can talk about anything uh, and it, it's like like the, the iPhone was revolutionary. One year after that, it was normal. Uh, right now, AI, okay, like um, image generation shocked me when I would have seen it like the first time. I was like, you can make images with words and it does it for you. And now it's like, oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's making minor mistakes. Like you get used to everything. Um, but 
what I've noticed, uh, I don't know if you've noticed that too, is that um, with AI, the the progress is being so. I'm talking about AI because it's it's the hot topic right now. But sure. the progress is being so fast that it's 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 faster than the ratio we are usually we usually cool down and see something as normal. Like by the time something is normal for us, something absurd has already come out. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think one thing it's um and uh, I I I guess even my opinion doesn't matter like for or against AI on here or AI on here, but you know, there's been an understandable pushback on it. And one thing I did find kind of interesting was, I don't know if you can corroborate this, but funny enough, I think I saw more of a positive thing for it when anime was involved like quite <laughs> literally i was seeing chat gpt type stuff i was seeing um ai generated art i was seeing all this and there was a lot of pushback for it and it seems like i'm not saying everyone all of a sudden flip but it seems like a large amount of people flipped a few months ago when all of a sudden that one ai like the the anime generator came out and it was it, people, a lot of people went from, I don't trust AI, I don't want to do this, I don't want to feed the algorithm to, oh my God, look, I uploaded five pictures of myself and now um, I'm in an anime. I've, I've noticed that something that exploded was that paid service, which made the portraits in different styles, uh, which is like, you, you were basically paying, I think, I, I haven't even checked the price, I just heard this uh, secondhand. Uh, it was basically $20, $25 for having a stable diffusion model run on one of your pictures, which is nuts. And uh, are it, you talking about where it would like kind of like have like an animated version of you and all that? Yes. Because no, that, no, that happened at like the same time the anime generator was out. No, basically what happened is that, so uh, you know about stable diffusion. Uh, uh, pretend I, can, I don't. Okay. No, I don't no, want to yes. assume anything here. No, 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 no because I, I, most, I can explain it quite quickly. So it's... Uh, it's one of the, so after DALI, uh, it's one of the most used uh, models for generation, okay? And it's been updated constantly and it can even run locally very well. I ran it on my M1 Pro MacBook and I mm-hmm. I, I was able to generate some stuff. I actually posted on my Twitter there is this picture, which is interesting because I told it to make um, a European city uh, with like police in a block because it was a very common picture you see in news, okay? And it generated me a freaking uh, shutter. No, it, it was like um, it wasn't Shutterstock. No, yeah, it was Shutterstock. Uh, a fucking watermark. Okay? okay. So, like, you know, it's been trained on that, and it's like it's obvious, but it's also weird to see it do that. Um, the, the, what I wanted to say is, uh, stable diffusion is is open source. So, uh, what a company did was just um, they basically put this into their servers and made a paid service out of it and Mm -hmm. you weren't even guaranteed of like getting good results like you could get weird shit and you just you just accepted that and people paid for that like it exploded i'm not kidding like that application uh, i think it was the second most downloaded the application for like two days on the iphone app store which is nuts like we're talking millions of dollars spent there sure all right and like People flipped when, essentially, I think this is uh, ChatGPT and the anime thing you, you just said, okay? Yes. Is, I think, the the iPhone moment for this kind of technology. People are going, are noticing, oh, this is cool for me. I can do stuff with it. Because when you see AI in papers from afar, you see, oh, yeah, this is, this is weird. It's doing stuff. But when you see, oh, it's it's making me an, an essay 
like there is this big big scandal now in American schools because uh, teachers can't tell if their students are doing stuff or it's chat deep chat GPT. Sorry, mm-hmm. I gotta drink some water. Uh, oh, don't worry. Uh, water's important. Everybody hydrate, yes. please, if you're listening. But I was saying is uh, there is this huge scandal. Uh, you can Google that, where uh, professors can tell if an essay is written by their students or by ChatGPT. And there are paid services to check that now, which is nuts. <laughs> like, uh, it, they just give you like a rating. It's a, a percent rating, like from zero to 100% of chance that it wasn't written by a human. And like, we reached this point in what, three months now? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's growing rapidly. And I feel like that will even be kind of a, uh, that'll be a little bit of a challenge as well too, to even improve these AI algorithms and such to be like, okay, can we be like, you know, it generated this essay. And obviously there's a really high chance that the checker on here is seeing that it's AI generated. So how can we bring that down? And it's just going yes. to improve even further. <laughs> Yeah, um, there was like, uh, I've seen a few pa- papers uh, recently on uh, um, deep fake check- checking algorithms for uh, videos. Okay, because there was like, there are potential problems uh, regarding international politics when it comes to deep fakes. Okay. Sure. Uh, for obvious reasons, uh, even because a lot of states don't even have internet, a lot of countries, sorry, don't even have internet. And like, they would believe a, a deep fake if they see it because they don't know what it is. That's um, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the thing here is we are getting to a point where what you see and what you hear, you, you, you can just straight up believe it. <laughs> it's the first time mm-hmm. in human history, I think, because our technology is slowly reaching the point where it's basically magic. And we are, as a society, we are not prepared for that at all. Like, we don't know how to handle this because our entire, like, we are based on images and sounds for everything. That's how we, we do stuff. So being able to make stuff out of nowhere and it, it's not real because like um, stable diffusion, I was talking about that before, okay? Just yeah. a few a few days ago, um, a student in China, I think, I, I just checked the gate up very quickly. Uh, they made ControlNet, which is this sort of plugin. So you've seen AI pictures and they can get pretty close to the real thing, but the edges yep. or some stuff get mangled up, okay? I Yeah, I've seen one thing with like, uh, there's been uh, models or just like humans that are generated in midsummer, yes. for example. Yes. And one of the things that it's still figuring out is like fingers and like especially teeth. That's fixed, totally. By this yeah. one yeah, student. That, that, <laughs> and I believe it because even when I was seeing it, it was just like a few weeks ago, like two or three weeks ago, people yes. were just like, oh my God, look at this. They didn't get the teeth right. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be fixed here very soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, um, so stable diffusion is a gen- general uh, model. You can train it with any sort of content, okay? From the just uh, from anime, the one like uh, the anime stuff you've seen was probably done with that because there is um, there's waifu diffusion, which is the model you can use to generate anime. I tried that, and I fed it with um, the Windows XP Bliss background. And it mm-hmm. basically gave me a um, Ghibli version of that, which was very cool. That's uh, amazing. Yes. Um, but the thing is that it made mistakes, okay? Especially if you, like, you can have so many parameters you got to set. And also the prompts are very important. What this, this student did was, um, so he originally worked on another project uh, years ago, uh, uh, where he basically made this AI, which could color pictures, okay? It just did that. Uh, and he never released that. 
he basically turned this into, he integrated it with stable diffusion. And what you can do now is you can sketch something on paper or use a reference as a picture. And uh, that plus this thing you made just makes that, that sketch an actual picture or a drawing or something perfect because it knows how stuff is made. Uh, the only things I've seen it um, have problem with uh, have problems with are like cars uh, mm -hmm. because it's not like the models I've seen where uh, like it can perfectly do humans now like perfectly I'm not kidding I've the only problems I've seen were like uh, with shadows in humans and by shadows I mean like very small stuff and stuff in the background like cars it can do cars so it just mix <laughs> mixes two cars together and it's weird um, it's but, trying its best okay yeah but like <laughs> I like by this ratio, uh, two months and it's gonna be fixed. We, I believe we, it. We are reaching the point where so this person does not exist was a thing for years now. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you don't know about this website, um, you're listening at home. Uh, just just go on your browser and type this person does not exist.com. And every time you reload the page, you're gonna see a randomly non-existing generated person. Okay. And that was a thing for like a few years now. It's not new. Uh, the, the way this works is uh, they basically created, they train an AI on just human faces, which is like if you only have a face to do, it's easier. The thing here is that that's totally random. While with stable diffusion, you can you can create stuff from nowhere with your own prompt or even edit existing photos, which is terrifying. Uh, like, yes, yeah, and I've yes. seen some terrifying stuff from that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Like I. I like the concept. I like the, the technology, but we got to be ready as a society for that. And we are still not ready. And I hope we will be ready soon. I am not against, like, I'm not a ludist. I'm not trying to stop technology. I just want people to be aware that technology is here. No, because, that's fair. Yes. Um, yeah. I actually, I realized as you were talking, because you brought up uh, Waifu on there. Yes. Um, that is probably, because I, I really haven't, I haven't messed with GP, chat GPT. I haven't messed with Midsummer. I didn't do, you know, the whole uh, anime generator on there. Um, just really haven't done anything. I've kind of just observed uh, what's been going on. Yes. However, um, I, I will send you this real quick. Um, Let me see. Um... Yes, there was a, I realized that I've actually used Waifu 2X several times. I've used it for the past few years it's oh yeah yeah better. i use it all the time yeah it's great because i'm one of those people i'm not the best with image editing um but there's been stuff like even literally my background that i'm using on my computer for example where uh when i upgraded to 1440p my uh my preferred i guess yeah, background image yeah that's it um it was only in 1080p couldn't get a high resolution so okay, i ended up that, using yes. waifu 2x to you know scale it up and it did a great job i realized recently like it was one of my more recent episodes of mod chat i was covering the release of hinlo and there was a smiling doge meme that i wanted to put in there and pop it onto a vita the problem was i was finding the image but the image was such a low resolution and even when i was kind of like manipulating it it just looked way too crunchy so it's still like not the best but then i realized like in the midst of it like kind of getting a little frustrated in photoshop i was like wait a minute i forgot waifu 2x is a thing so i took like the base image threw it up into waifu 2x and it did like a pretty decent job of making it look better it still looks crunchy mind you but like this was the result here and i was like perfect Let's that's see. what i need okay. yeah and i was able yes yeah, yeah. So just like the smiling doge doesn't look as crunchy as it would be, but that's more been like, I guess, my usefulness with uh, AI where just doing that type of upscaling okay. is super helpful. Yeah, so uh, 
the the reason why it's called waifu diffusion, just like waifu Chuax, is as far as I know, uh, because both of them are trained on the Dan Boro pictures, which is like this website full of anime pictures. Gotcha. So, uh, but one is basically a model for stable diffusion, so it can generate stuff. One is used to just restore pictures, and it's amazing. I use waifu Chuax all the time. Um, even just to restore like logos because it does an amazing job. Uh, like I've also noticed that there are loads of upscaling models. I use uh, some of them even for uh, real footage. Okay, but with real mm-hmm. footage, it tends to get weird because it doesn't understand where like what human skin is. So it just matches people. You probably have seen something like that online. Uh, there was the, that that recast lay um, 4K upscale of Never Gonna Give You Up, uh, which was like yes, yeah. And yeah, it looked all right at the first glance, but then you realize that everything is just either too blurry or too sharp, and that the movements are too fluid for a human. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And that's right. because yeah, because yeah, wasn't it at like didn't it run at sixty frames? I want to say no. It uh, so the original video, I think it was twenty four, and they upscale yes. it to sixty. And when you do that, of of course, uh, some artifacts are involved because it's trying to make movement where there is none. And with humans, you tend to notice that a lot because we are wired to check how other humans work. So if you see a humans like behaving weird, which is what we see in that because it's uncanny, we are we usually realize that they're also fixing this, of course. Uh, of course, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I my entire discussion here was AI is getting to a point where it's uh, so it's difficult for me to have technology impress me. Okay. Uh, for example, the Steam Deck impressed me for the first like two weeks. Then I just I got used to it. If that makes sense, okay. I, I'm like, no, okay, it does, yeah. I have a small. It's basically a laptop, a laptop in a console shell. But okay, I have it. It's great. I love it. But it, it's not surprising me anymore. The thing with AI, it's that it's just surprising me every every other day now. Like um, ChatGPT, for example. Okay, uh, I started using it. Because like I was assuming it was basically a glorified Akinator, okay, a, a glorified clever bot, something that yeah, gave yeah, you yeah. some answers. Uh, I mean, it's trained, it has a database, but they are predetermined. But then I I started giving it more and more questions, and the thing that kinda made me flip on it is I asked it to write some code, okay, and it did a wonderful job. In two seconds, okay. Yes, it, it can do that. Me, yeah, it wrote me a Python script for a very basic option. I, so I basically, I told it like to uh, automate browsing uh, a website um, I made as a test uh, using Selenium Web. Basically, it lets you click on a button automatically. Okay, mm-hmm. and to do that, I gave it uh, the input and I gave it the snippet of the HTML page, uh, and it just did that. Like it did it instantly, and it was it was nuts. Like I. I realized, okay, this is very powerful. Like, and it's only trying to guess what comes. Like, it's only trained on text. It can do this because in that text it found code, and so it knows what it's likely to come after. After a word, it, it's nuts. It's generally nuts, and that's also, as far as I can tell, it's also how um, the image generation works. Like, it takes a seed and it tries to guess what next, what's next, based on the training info. Uh, and it's already doing a wonderful job just like that. Basically going by brute force because it's trying to understand what comes. It's crazy. And it's getting more complicated because now they're getting modular. So multiple AIs are connected to each other. Like this example here of the uh, the, the outline, the sketch thing. Okay. 
yeah. just doing that has fixed so many problems and we are not like ready to see what comes next and we gotta be ready because this is generally worth changing i'm not really worried for jobs right now even though i don't know anything like i'm not i just i don't have any degree in economics or anything but uh personally i'm not worried about that i'm worried about the impact on society because we are not used to not being able to, to trust pictures or video or sound and that's something that is available right now as we speak okay video is right. is not nailed down because um uh nailing consistency so basically you can generate a video with ai but uh details are changing <clears throat> from frame to frame so you can tell uh google has already fixed that like they have a private ai which can do coherent video and it's weird uh and <laughs> open ai has its own one too and amazon is working on one every single media is now being automized and that's like that's just what what shocks us because we are not used to that uh, on like and on the back end code is being automized so even programming it, it's not like uh, this is this is generally something i don't think we are we are ready for and i'm, I'm yeah, like was, I'm, I'm excited but also how do you do you handle this as a society i, I was going to say within the last year i do remember when uh, i think it was called github pilot when yes, that yes, ended yes, up releasing the, the which system. was yeah, where it was kind of like the the data it was feeding off of was, I mean, a lot of code that it had, but then also all the code available on GitHub. And then it was using that to essentially like when you go into, I don't know, like Gmail or Outlook or something and you're typing up an email that has recommendations for what to type next on there, you can kind yes, of just either yes. tab or swipe across it. It was the equivalent of that in coding language that you could use as opposed to just plain English. And I know that had a lot of controversy because, I mean, then you're getting into stuff like, okay, well, what about the licenses on all yes, of this? Yes, yes, Maybe yes. some of this code that is in here that has been uploaded wasn't allowed to be uploaded. So then is it supposed to be trained off of that? And yeah, there was a lot of controversy there. But now then you just have stuff like ChatGPT, for example, where it's like, oh, hey, here's the entire code in two seconds. You didn't even have to type anything for this. Yeah, like, and I think like less than a year, has passed. Okay. So, and it's a, like ChatGPT is free now. Okay. It's free because they're training it based on your data, but it's, yes. it's something that is there free. And when it's going away, something is going to replace it and be maybe powered by ads. But that technology is there and it's not going away. And it's something no. people has, have to be, have to get used to. And I like, I'm very happy that this is a thing. Like I'm, I'd be straight up serious about this. I'm excited for AI. I think that it can make loads of like even uh, like the progress in science is gonna be helped by this. Uh, I I've read something uh, recently about someone made an AI to analyze audio, okay, uh, the human voice, and it yeah. turns out it could accidentally detect COVID, which is nuts just by the small variations in the pitch that COVID could introduce. Really? Yes. Uh, so this kind of stuff is very exciting. Like imagine this applied to research. Okay, because it, it, it's a it's essentially the ultimate pattern seeking tool, which is for research is amazing. It's exactly what we need for lots of stuff. I talked like I I have this friend which is a uh, he essentially works on uh, genetical engineering. Okay, mm -hmm. and his entire field is being advanced a lot by AI right now as we speak because it can basically find pat yes the patterns have to be verified of course but. It makes stuff faster, okay? That and yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if you uh, if you heard um, like in the last ten years about CRISPR, the the gene editing technology. 
Uh, I uh, didn't hear about that, no. So or I'm not following, at so, least. Um, I, I used to, like, I just follow lots of stuff like that. Basically, uh, up until a few years ago, uh, to do uh, any sort of genetic engineering, you had to brute force it. Like, um, in the US, they used radiation a lot. Like, they just blasted radiation to, uh, like, plants until they mutate into something useful or interesting. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, we can just edit what we want. Uh, and it's a, a $20 kit everyone can buy. There is a YouTuber which modified his, um, I think it was like part of his DNA to uh, stop being lactose intolerant. And oh, that geez. happened yeah, years ago. This is not something new. And <laughs> com- combining this with AI is fucking nuts because you, you can like just imagine what you can do. There, there, yeah. is, there is this uh, documentary in Atlantics about this uh, CRISPR thing. Uh, I don't know the name. Uh, because it was basically out of play. I just, um, I stopped watching another documentary like years ago and it played. And it was a documentary about CRISPR where they were showing a guy in the US which made uh, fluorescent dogs. Just, uh, you, you could see these dogs in the night and he had done that because uh, they were, like clients were asking for them because they were supposed to guard ship. And it's not like he made floor and this was a guy with no science degree at all, just made them. He took the DNA from an insect, which was fluorescent, and made fluorescent dogs. And there were no no side effects. Okay. Yeah, huh, it's, or... it's nuts. It's generally not like I and, and this was like years ago. It's not something new. And you gotta think, okay, he's so combining these two things, you can see why this is getting like why genetic engineers are are excited, uh, at least yeah. the ones I talk to. Um, but uh, yeah, AI is just exciting in I think every field. Uh, it's just that we are we gotta get used to it very fast because it's here and we don't know how far ahead we are in the progress. Because okay, this might like we, we might peak in w- one month. We, we don't know. Okay, but if we are just at the start of the queue, which seems to be the case, if we are only starting to be able to exploit this. Like, can you imagine where we are going to be like in five years? I can't at all. And like, that's the thing. I don't know where we're, what direction we're going to go, what this will lead, because it seems like we can use it as a tool to assist, but then I'm not sure how far this will all go. Yes. This is the first time in my life where I can't really have a prediction on technology anymore. Uh, Because like, I could have a sort of prediction years ago. Um, I remember when I was in middle school. Okay. Uh, I remember thinking, yeah, I've, so um, Android phones were just coming out, okay? Uh, that was the thing. No, okay, it, they were out by a few years. Basically, sure. they were becoming We, we all forget common. about the like original ones. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, they were, they were becoming uh, more common, more ch- cheaper and cheaper. And I was thinking, okay, how can they last for hours like, like that without... And I discovered about ARM, I checked what ARM was, and I was like, okay, they're definitely going to make computers out of this okay this technology will end up in retail computers mm-hmm. and i mean i'm currently using a computer that is running completely on arm because x86 is very obsolete like it's it's basically legacy the only reason we we are keeping um x86 64 is because we are used to it and we don't want to rewrite legacy legacy programs but it's very old sure. and that's the reason why uh, macs are so fast and this Mac that I'm talking to you uh, to right now can run that 
AI model I just mentioned locally. So I don't yeah, need yeah, to be, yeah, yeah. it's, and that's nuts to me. Like you, <laughs> I, I have this computer which can make images on its own. It's, it's literally magic to me. Like <laughs> it is. I, and I, I have to love it to some extent. <laughs> yes. Like I, I love it. Uh, but like I could predict this computer. I couldn't predict <laughs> this. The entire industry of AI that we're seeing right now. This, it's not even an industry. This stuff is open source. It's just people all over the world making it. And it's amazing. Like, I'd rather this be open source than having it uh, controlled by one company. Oh, of course. Yeah. But it's it's something I wasn't told. I, like, it's it was sci-fi to me, imagining a computer making an image like that instantly. Because mm -hmm. I knew about neural networks when I was younger, but I didn't, like, I was like, okay, I wasn't thinking about the applications in this sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, what, what I was like, the only um, use case I was thinking of when I was like in high school for neural networks was uh, to upscale anima. Because my yeah. idea was, okay, if you can, like, it's easy, not really easy, but um, so have, have you seen Evangelion? You know, I, I honestly haven't. I, I, I need to watch it. I okay. know I need to watch it, but I haven't seen it. I, it's not because I want to make spoilers, but because uh, basically um, Evangelion has been remastered by Sony. And mm -hmm. for the remasters, uh, almost every episode except two have been uh, rescanned from the original drawings. Okay. And what I was thinking is essentially what this amounted to was a, a retracing of the, the outlines and everything and, and a recoloring. And I was like, hey, you can teach a computer to do that because they are lines and colors. And I mean, that was my, like, that was the best case scenario in my head, like having a computer do that for you. Not having a computer do an entire anime out of nowhere with a script it wrote based on two words you gave it. And that's <laughs> the point you're reaching. Like, I, I think in five, 10 years, we're going to have totally, like, complete media like audio video and plot made by ai and oh certainly it's going to happen it's going to be weird like you're going to have uh streaming services not like suggesting you stuff but making stuff for you <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm i'm thinking of Ed, have you ever seen the show silicon valley yes i love it it's one of yeah. Did you finish it? Yes. <laughs> I'm just thinking, okay, so spoiler alert for anybody who's, you know, listening to this here. Uh, but no, you remember the part where near the end they were going to launch it and yes. it was there was there was AI that was heavily integrated into it. And then what stopped it was they started noticing that it wasn't deliver like in this example, it wasn't delivering a message verbatim. It yeah. was correcting mistakes and they're like wait we didn't program this and then they saw that it was alive and then they end up pulling the plug on it at the yeah. end because they're just like we can't unleash this onto the world yeah yeah I, I, it was like that and also um i remember the the t tesla password cracking uh the s h a two five fifths yeah yes yeah where he and, and yeah for anyone who doesn't know and again fantastic show but essentially they take their ai and they point it at a tesla to crack the encryption to start up the car and what the car the, doesn't the car it gets cracked and starts driving within like three yes, hours yes also <laughs> uh I, I i love how they wrote the character of jill foil because he's exactly oh, yes. like every single sysadmin i met and i love that like <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 great. I uh yeah. So basically, great show, great show. But yeah, we are, we are reaching that point. I I don't even want to think about cracking passwords with AI because we are used to brute forcing. We are not used to to something that can think about what makes sense and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's nuts. And it's not even that. It's just 
wow, it's it's mind boggling. It's a lot. It's it's yeah. a lot to take because uh, it, okay, just think about even uh, face recognition systems. There they can be tricked by AI if we go this way. AI like um. I was thinking, okay, yeah, AI can do images, but 3D models, yeah, they are nailing that one too. Like there is currently a model which can uh, roughly generate a complete 3D image from uh, a picture. And that picture can also be an AI-generated one. So <laughs> it's, so it's just all like coming onto itself yes, in that way. Um, yeah, it's just as like I was saying before, folding, it's, it's becoming very modular. Like um, mm-hmm. what we were seeing up until now were mostly, I would say like single uh, iterations but when you connect them together that's where they become something like we're in a good sense because it's it's so good you, you can't believe what you're seeing it's like it's literally technology from the future for and it's here now <laughs> and you know, for it's, sure it's wild <laughs> uh um one one ai that really surprised me was so i've like uh i've been into audio and videos basically my entire life okay audio and video yeah. is something i i do and something that was impossible to really correct was uh, echo. So if you record an audio yeah. in a really echoey room, you're fucked. Like you, you're not, you're not fixing that. Like you can try to EQ it down, and you can try to use yeah. various tricks. It's, it's gotten better now, but yeah. So right now, as we speak, if you don't notice, uh, listening at home, there is this. Adobe AI, which is free. Like uh, you just Google yeah. Adobe Podcast. You log in using your Google account or whatever. You can upload a video, and since it's trained on only human voice, it can detect how your voice sounds like, and re- like it fixes the audio for you by understanding what's voice and what's not. And it's not like I've. This was basically something that was unsolvable up until a few months ago, and now it's normal. Like everyone is I, using it. I've seen. I- I remember that. I remember you actually introduced it to me because I guess yes. we'll spoiler alert here for anyone listening. I, I have like a very, very, very small like soundbite and like an upcoming video you're yeah, doing. Uh... But I remember when you messaged me at the time, like you quite literally said, or no, it was, I think, no, I think it was initially, yeah, you said, hey, can you just do this line? But it doesn't even have to be good. You can use your phone or something. It doesn't matter. And of course, I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to try and like provide yeah. the best thing here, which was like the worst thing because like at the time it was just as soon as I like I had people over, um, like family was visiting. And then as soon as I was trying to like find a pocket to record, then all of a sudden there was a ton of noise outside that just would not stop. But then you showed me that and I was just like, Oh, okay. So that would make sense. This is why you said it doesn't matter because quite literally you could just take my audio recording that had, you know, a lawnmower in the background, run it through Adobe software right there, and it just completely cleaned it up. Yeah, it's like uh I so basically me and a friend, uh this friend used to make videos on YouTube when he was a kid. Okay. So he still has some saved and they had terrible audio. We put them to that. <laughs> it was weird because you you basically had a studio version of uh, a kid's uh, gameplay pointing the camera towards a, a TV. So it's it's that's nuts. amazing. Yeah, it's uh, what I noticed though is that uh, it tends to make a lot of mistakes when uh, music is involved because it mistakes the frequencies of music with the frequencies of the human voice, which is understandable because they all mm-hmm. reside in the midst. Um, so that's that's something that's probably going to be fixed in a few months by this ratio but yeah uh i mean this ai the thing is the more you use them the better they get that's literally how they work because the the models are trained on user data and 
like yeah, that's why it's kind I, I won't say when I say scary I, I don't mean like I am personally scared because I mean this stuff is here getting scared doesn't get us anywhere uh like being scared of something in my case is like we gotta be aware of this we gotta be aware that this is where stuff is going but not in the sense of trying to stop it because stopping innovation never works uh like ludism didn't work what i mean is that we gotta be aware that we are going towards something we can't predict at all because we are we have created uh prediction algorithms so good this that they can make images they can make pictures of real people that don't exist today with like perfect body geometry and it's something yeah. that is, is mind-boggling to me like it's something we like a little it's it's, it's becoming magic it's completely like in a few years it's going to become completely indistinguishable by ma- from magic yeah i'm i believe it yeah <laughs> Can I drink more, more water because I, oh, yeah, absolutely. No, it's all good. Yeah. Water's important. Um, funny it's, enough, it's I like, actually, uh, 4am here <laughs> I'm like going like, yes. A and I, and I very much appreciate you, uh, <laughs> yeah, adjusting this here. <laughs> no worries. No, yeah, um, it's okay. We, we talked about this beforehand yes, for anybody yes. who might be worried. It was like, uh, no, you, cause you told me like this time will actually work best for like, okay, yeah, cool. Um, got it. The thing is that, uh, as I was like, I'm going to tell them to, I'm currently not at my own place. Like, uh, the, there's people uh usually here and i didn't want any noise and this was the only spot where i didn't have noise <laughs> mm. yeah no that's uh, valid yeah so i i had to uh flip my sleep schedule but that's fine i mean you, yeah. you can see them that i'm not <laughs> i am not sleeping so <laughs> <laughs> that happens yes um no uh yeah this I, I, I didn't want to turn this entire thing into an ai thing i just wanted sure. to share this because it's no no it's all good. Um, I did want to kind of ask, because it was like, this was kind of brought up a bit. You were talking about the videos all there. Um, but I did kind of want to like direct it at you and ask, yes. I guess, what got you into YouTube? Oh. Uh, I've been I've, curious about that. So I've been following, I've, I've been subscribed to YouTube. I've had several channels, okay, since basically course, its yeah. inception. Uh, I remember distinctly the first time I've seen a YouTube video was I went to this uh, friend's place and uh, his mom, uh, I, I was basically in elementary school. He was a friend that uh, I, I knew because we played games, uh, like we games together. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff. Like, And the first YouTube video I have seen ever was him showing me uh, dogs on his mom's laptop. Uh, and okay. Yeah, so I've been aware of YouTube since forever, since basically its inception. Um I, I got into making videos on my own uh, because I, I've been following lots of YouTubers. Uh, I've been doing some editing for other people. I've been doing some stuff around like that. I, I was like, okay, I, I like writing. I like editing. I might I, I have stuff to say. I have lots, well, Why don't I do this and see how it goes? And that's how I got into it. And um, what I noticed is that there were lots of stories, especially uh, so I, my channel... Uh, I wouldn't say it's a video games channel or a tech channel because I really talk sure. about anything. Um, but I noticed that uh, a lot of stories were not like were being untold. Like the the we started this one, for example, or the other channel one. Uh, there's stuff that I wanted to see videos of that just videos weren't made of. Like mm-hmm. there, there, there weren't any videos about it. Okay, that's what I mean. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna try and publish some videos. Uh, so after like the first video that's on my channel right now is a 
tutorial. And uh, this was before I started actually like committing to making videos. The first video on my channel on Femi is um, uh, a tutorial on how to make the GLaDOS voice from Portal. Okay. Mm -hmm. But right after that, if you see, you start to see like um, videos that are more scripted. Okay. Because I was like, okay, I'm going to try and do this and see how it goes. And it, it it's going well. Uh, what, what happened is kind of crazy because, uh, so the started basically it kind of started going in almost immediately. I made a video about the 3DS, um, like, and that got big on Reddit and I got my first like 300 subscribers in one day. Uh, right. It was a video about AGB Firm, which is the feature that lets you play uh, GBA games on your 3DS, and it does yes. that. not yeah. for emulation by using uh, um, an hypervisor. So it's not emulating; it's running the it's running the AR yeah the, the ARM code on uh, basically bare metal. It's just virtualizing it, which is it's not emulation. It's got great input lag, basically none. And I talked about that, and I was saying, look, it's so good; you can play with them heaven on it. Uh, the Japanese version, mm -hmm. and that video basically, I won't say it explored. It it had attention, and I was like, okay, I I can keep doing this. Uh, I was very worried because like uh, English isn't my first language. Like I am fluent in it. I can talk English. I mean, mm -hmm. I I am sleep deprived now, and I think I'm understandable. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it's it's one of the four languages, four or five languages I I I. I can speak, but it's not my first one. I was like, fuck, are people going to like um, not watch my videos because maybe my English is, is weird? But no, it turns out that it's fine. I just, I was just self-conscious about my accent and shit. Um, so I kept doing that. I kept doing that. And I reached the point where I, I what happened was I made like, uh, I think 15 videos in the channel uh, at the time. And one of my friends reached out to me. And they told me, look, uh, why don't you try uploading on TikTok some shorter versions of your videos? And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because I, <laughs> I, I don't like chopping parts. Like, I, something I like. Oh, it, also, it, like, ver we, we were against vertical video for so long. No, yeah. Oh, I, like, it's still with me. Like, my sister, uh, she shoots, like, she sends me videos uh, on, like, social media, short in vertical. And I'm like, why are you, why are you, why are you doing that? Like, it's weird because I always think, yeah, but what if I want to see this on my TV? That, that's that's yep. always like, because I always think about the big screen, okay? Uh, yeah, so I was against that, but mostly because like, how can you shorten a video that's like 20 minutes long and it's a video about a game and you go into detail? You can't make a one-minute version of that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to upload, but I'm going to make some stuff that's um, that's like, just for that platform. And I ended up making some YouTube shorts, which I then re-uploaded on TikTok. And the thing is, TikTok got, like, it immediately got traction to the point where um, bigger YouTubers started noticing me. And uh, that's actually how I got my job. I currently am a screenwriter for a Lost by Gamer. And he found me through TikTok. Like, he- That's just, awesome. Yeah, it's it's like like he basically clicked on my profile. There was my YouTube there. He found my YouTube and he was seeing what I was doing. And he basically just told me, "Hey, I I like how you write stuff." And like it's still mind-boggling to me because um, back then I was it was twenty twenty slash twenty twenty one, and I just was getting out of the COVID period because i mean the, the lockdowns were were ending right right and i didn't like i was 
I was in, in uni, but I didn't know what I was going to do next because I didn't have any job security. I didn't have, like, I was just studying because, um, I mean, I live in Europe, so studying is free. I, I, I got free tuition. Right, I got right. free scholarship. I got, they give you everything, an apartment. If you, like, if you don't have the money to pay for, um, for studying, the government is going to handle that. And so I was studying. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, like you don't even have to pay for food. They even pay for the cafeteria. Oh, serious? Yes. Okay, that yeah, that's nice. Um, so I was doing that um, because I mean, my my family is pretty much pretty much low income, and I was doing just I was studying and trying to understand what to do next. And this offer just popped out of nowhere, and I was like, okay, I guess I have some idea of what I'm doing then. And I I started working for him, and I kept making videos on my channel because I, I like doing that and apparently people like watching them so that's just how it went and my main goal right now is to never like uh right now you know that because you are in that video this video I'm working on it's taking six, six months now um which yes. means like I could have split it and released it on December to get the other revenue for December which is huge uh but in my like my point of view is I'm trying to do something I like here. I'm not trying to bar myself down for money mm-hmm. because I like, I've seen uh, time and time again, YouTubers talk about how uh, they slowly started just making stuff to please the algorithm and started not liking what they were doing. So I'd, I'd rather just, I mean, I have a job now and it's also video related. So that's amazing. But on my channel, at least I want to be, able to have full creative control and make something I like all the time, even if it takes months. Uh, I, I'll try to, of course, never have like never have something delayed this much, but this is just me trying to do, do stuff I want to do ex- exactly how I want to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if it costs me money or time, uh, I don't know. It's just, I don't, I'm making this because I like making this, not because of I, I want like making money or stuff like that. Just yeah, no, like and, making videos. Yeah. And that's valid. I, I totally respect that. I know with um and that's that can be hard to balance as well, too. Um, just because I've seen this with a lot of YouTubers where they'll do the YouTube thing and then they will get a job in that same sphere, thankfully, yeah. due to their YouTube. Um, this is becoming less common now. I know at times. Um, there's been like companies where they, it's pretty much a conflict of interest. So you'll see some people who they can't oh, yeah, make uh, YouTube videos personally, yeah, but yeah. then a lot of them just kind of stop for a while because it's understandable. It's like the video thing is what they're doing all day at work and then they don't want to get off work and do more video stuff. So I can totally understand that. So props to you for still continuing to do uh, it personally. I, I have to say, um, low sp- like, Alex Lospa Gamer has been great about this, uh, giving me basically time and everything to work on, like on his work and my projects, and that that's just him being a great boss essentially. Uh, that's awesome. He, yes, like I I can't complain about that. He's been fantastic about this. Uh, I don't know if he's watching this, but if you're watching, you you're you're, <laughs> you're like thank you. Uh, so this is what helped me, and and also the fact that I'm trying to. Uh, to mix stuff around. So for example, if I'm working on, um, I don't know, writing for uh, work, I'll try to work on anything for my stuff, if that makes sense, because it it's different stuff. It's like, okay, it's video, but editing something that you have already written uh, is different than what you did in the morning, which is writing for someone else, maybe. 
Oh, that's fair. Okay, yeah. so that's how I'm doing it, and it's it's working for me. And yeah, but I can get it. Also, uh, for the the stuff you said about conflict of interest, there was a big case. Um, like I remember uh, having a few videos pop up in my feed about uh, Linus Tech Tips because apparently his employees can't have a YouTube channel or something like uh, that. Like they, who, they who was it? Uh, Linus Tech Tips. Oh, Linus. Okay. Yeah, I heard that. Like there was i don't know if that's the case like if that's true but i hear that yeah uh, if you work for him you can't like uh, have a regular online presence in the same field uh and oh, i, I it's uh, that i like i can understand that but it, it's also kind of it kind of sucks <laughs> mm -hmm. like i i don't know it's, it's something that would scare me off completely because i i mean i i get what he's trying to do maybe he's trying to scout talent that's like it hasn't exploded yet on their own, but I mean that's that's really weird. I don't know. I I, I mean, I I repeat, I get him. I get why he's doing that, but it's still like I I know I wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. No, I I totally understand. It's it'd be tough there. I know, like for myself, because I I personally I have a job outside yeah. of the YouTube things. I don't do this full time, but it's very much a thing for me where. Uh, I've kind of made that decision where I'm like, I probably wouldn't want to do video stuff as a full-time thing, not even just the YouTube stuff, but like outside of YouTube, because yeah. I think for me, even like taking any type of conflict of interest out of it, I think I would just get too burned out on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but in my case, like what helps that I'm doing different, like I'm not editing all day. Yes. Uh, and that's that's the main thing. You gotta, you gotta keep it switched around and it, for me, it's working. And I am something who doesn't have a lot of patience uh, or attention span. So if it's working for me, then <laughs> that means it's probably going to keep working. Um, That's then fair. again, yeah. Then again, as I said, Alex, he's a great person. He's like, been super supportive, always helping me. Um, like uh, if I need to work on something for myself, he lets me, uh, like he I, I get to have the time to do whatever I want to do, which is very important. And like, I, I can't thank him enough for that because that's not always the case at all. Uh, I, I've heard some terrible stories about uh, like people working for YouTubers having, having been treated not good. Let's just say that. And sure, it's not the case. He's been wonderful. And that's why I, like, I don't feel Barnett at all. Because I just work on, I'm able to switch around, which is something like he's not telling me exactly what to do, which is mm -hmm. the main thing. Um, so I, I'm currently a producer for him. I'm not even just a writer. I also do other stuff. And that really helps me. Uh, just being able to not do the same thing all day is what kind of saves me. That makes sense. No, no, that totally makes sense. And and, and also uh, the fact that he has a very defined format, which is very different from mine. I mean, uh, we might talk about similar stuff, but the style and the pacing and everything, we we do different stuff in that sense. Um, yes. I, I am, yeah. I am way faster in the kind of exposition I have. I make different jokes. I, I do different stuff. That that's what I do. So yeah, they're both video, but it's just stuff that's different the, the entire editing process is different and yeah it's basically it's like talking about food okay and a hamburger and a pizza both can uh can stop you being hungry but they are different foods that's true yeah so yeah. that's been the case for me 
Uh, but then again, it's mostly because he's an amazing boss. <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's uh, awesome. And that's yeah. a rarity as well, too. It's really nice when you can find a boss that you really vibe with on that yes, level. Yes, 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 yes. Like, I... I don't. I don't have any complaints. I'm serious. I, I'm just very happy to. Like, I. I also love doing that. Like, I love working on those videos because I love what I'm, what I get to do. I. I get to to research and write about stuff I'm interested. In like, I. I wrote a PlayStation video for him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to basically go through the entire story of the PlayStation and read everything about it, written by the people who work on the project. And it was amazing. Like, I would have done that by myself because i was curious and it's my sure. job so th- that's why i'm <laughs> yeah that's the most exciting thing when you can like get paid for something that you absolutely love yes doing. yes 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 and i i mean i think it also can impact the quality of your work because if you yes. like what you're doing and you want to you make sure it's a good job yeah. i'm gonna say that you're well, not I mean, doing it just to, to to get the, the paycheck it makes sense yeah i mean it's a very simple thing it's like <laughs> if you're I, oh, all good. I uh, not necessarily. I mean, comfort to some extent. If you get too comfortable, then you don't really want to move on and stuff. But yes, if you yes, are yes, yes. genuinely happy and excited and enjoy what you're doing, then hey, you're probably going to pay more attention to it and yes. do good stuff. I also totally can see like uh, your side where you say, "Okay, this is my hobby. I don't want to burn out. I'm gonna divide yep. the two things," and it's it's a great approach. Um, yeah. Yeah, because for for me, there can be times <clears throat> where, and I I heavily rely on doing a lot of uh, scheduled videos, and yes, like, yes, I kind of yes. like to do my stuff in batches. So there can quite literally be times where it's like, hey, I don't want to work on any videos for three weeks, and if I want to do that, I just have to plan a little bit around it, and I can do it. And thankfully, it's still I've occasionally taken like a break or like missed something here and there, but for the most part, I can still deliver content to the masses, but yes. I can have that break from it. In my case, uh, so I I made the mistake a few, like a year or two ago. I had a weekly schedule. It was nuts for my content because I make essays. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, I didn't like the ideas. I didn't like the scripts. I have already uh, like several scripts already written because I just write when I have free time. That's one of my hobbies. I write right. scripts. Uh, I am very active. In, I like... You can see how fast I talk. That's how I am. I just do lots of stuff all the time. So uh, the problem is that my body wasn't handling the editing process where I had to edit an entire essay every week. So, like mm-hmm. that, you, you don't, you can't do that. So I switched from that to uh, working on a video and when it's ready, it's ready. And the the first two ones that follow that that thing was, uh, sorry, were the um, bootleg, uh, cartridge one, the Mario one. I don't know if you've seen that one, the $5,000 cartridge. Uh, you know, I, I was checking here. I got part way through it, so I was okay. probably definitely yes. watching it while eating, and then I finished my food. No, don't worry. Um, <laughs> that video was, was an experiment. It was one of my first uh, long-form videos, because it's like 35, 38 minutes, I think. 35 mm-hmm. minutes, 38 seconds, if I remember correctly. Um, so, there's that, uh, which is just, it was my first uh, experiment to, okay, I'm going to make this video. I'm going to take the time to finish it. And like that video went well. It really went well. So I just kept doing that with the uh, startup, this channel uh, video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, which that one I love. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then with the, the Arrow video and then with the Homebrew channel video. And those yes, videos are yeah. going well. So I think this is the way to go. And it's also great because I get to talk about what I like, and I take the time to do that. Um, I, I'm gonna like, 
I'm going to try to keep that time shorter than six months next time, but this video that I'm working on that you are in, it's it's quite long. It's a complex story. So I guess it's warranted. Let's just say that. And I think that helps because having like, it's different to think about, okay, I'm doing this video. It's a long project. I'm going to take the time and to have like in your mind, oh, I have to post weekly like you do because it's a different kind of content if that makes sense. Mm, for sure, yeah. Yeah, like in, in my case, I don't really feel feel burnout because um, I don't really have set deadlines. I just go, okay, when it's done, it's done. I just need to remind myself to work on this thing. Or, I mean, I also procrastinate a lot, so I have to remind me constantly. Uh, but I, I like working on stuff. It's just the barrier of starting doing something that makes sense. Uh, but like having the idea that a video doesn't have to be ready next week, but like in three months or four months helped me. Uh, so I, I mean, uh, my goal right now after I publish this video is publishing monthly and it's doable, but just right. if, even monthly is nothing compared to what you do, because like, it's like, I have way more time to do stuff. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess with it though, even like compared to, and, and I appreciate it. Like when you're saying like compared to what I do and everything, um, I guess when it comes to even like what I'm doing though, the thing is, and I'm sure you can kind of attest to this, like once yes. you kind of do something enough times and do it often enough, it kind of just becomes very automatic. So yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've run into that with uh, friends I've talked to offline where there's been friends I've discussed things with and they've tried to do the YouTube thing. And I think one of them, he was kind of doing and some let's play type stuff and uh you know he's got a full-time job he's also got a wife and then he still enjoys you know having a social life gaming up and everything but you know he's learning video editing he is uh, kind of doing the seo type thing uh he was I, I was proud of him he was making use of scheduled videos oh nice but he kind of just told me he is like you know it's it it's so hard it can be so hard to do that and it's so tough because it takes so long and like i'm not sure how you're able to do it and i kind of just said i'm like I'm not like necessarily professional on it. It's just, I've been, I've been doing this for so long and so often that it's kind of just a thing I do now. Yeah, but if, I get you're, it. if you're just learning and getting into it, yeah, I totally understand where it's going to take you eight hours to make, you know, a short crappy video. Yeah. I like, I downloaded Sony Vegas in 2008 for the first time. So you can get why I'm <laughs> like, I, I know how to video it. Basically I, I can, I, I have the muscle memory for the Vegas shortcuts. That's why. Uh, <laughs> even though I'm not using Vegas anymore, which is, it's funny. Um, yeah, but I, I will, I will say real quick on Sony Vegas. That was the, I, I hate that that kind of became the standard <laughs> for a bit. I haven't, I have tr used Sony Vegas a few times. I don't like Sony Vegas. I'm a, I'm a premiere person. I was kind oh, of okay. like, I, I was doing, here's the thing. I was doing like uh windows movie maker, like way back when. And then I tried other different editors like pinnacle and stuff. And then in high Ooh, school, pinnacle, this was wow. like, this was the, throwback. I, I think in like a class I was introduced to, uh, yes, it was a throwback, but I was, I was introduced in class to premiere okay. and then I started using that and I've just, it, it just, I'm comfortable with it. I, I actually like the updates. I'm used to the workflow. I'm used to everything on I there. I can get that. Yeah, but when it comes down to it, it's like I'm one of those people I firmly believe Premiere is the better product than Vegas. And then people try and tell me, oh, well, Vegas does this easier or this or this. And I'm like, it's not easier or it's not better. It's just you know how to do yeah, it. That's uh, the only thing. But the, the only thing reason I, I I was used, like the reason I started using Vegas was because I I watched uh, YTPMBS when I was a kid. Okay. 
So yes, uh, yeah. So uh, if you like, if people hearing don't know what they are, what those are, uh, it's basically uh, YouTube poop music videos. So essentially, <laughs> I know uh, okay. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So Sony Vegas, this this is a weird story, is built as far as I can tell on the on the top of the source code for SoundForge. It's basically, it's become a video editor by evolution. And mm-hmm. but when they were doing that, they, they didn't strip away the code for pitch shifting and stuff like and, and reverb. Like you can yeah. load full on uh, audio VSTs into Vegas and they will work, which is crazy. Um, so people started using those to pitch clips like samples, and the, those like that scene turned into the current YTPMB scene. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's more complex than that because there, there is the entire Japanese scene of Nico Nico video, which isn't even YouTube, it's something else. And they started using Reaper. And I, but basically, the reason I I started using Vegas is because, oh, okay, I can also edit audio here and make this. That, that's why, okay. And then I just stuck to it because I learned everything and I was, okay, I, I can do normal videos too here. <laughs> but yeah, like, I- it's, I, I, I just know how to use the product because... By, by brute force, I had to learn it because I, it was the only thing that did both. That's well. what we all had to do. Yeah, I yeah. think the funny thing I find with Vegas and the reason why I, I guess maybe I have some like annoyance with it as well, too, is like it's and maybe you could let me know on this as well, too. Yeah, it's it's one of those programs. It seems like nobody organically found it or or was organically introduced to it. Essentially, it seems like every single person I know that got onto Vegas used it because either their favorite YouTuber used it or someone told them to use it um, <laughs> because their favorite YouTuber used it. Because it was like the first, because it is it is a professional editor, mind you. I'm not yes. going to put that down. But it was like the first like accessible professional editor that every 14-year-old figure out how to torrent and how to apply the crack it's, on. <laughs> I, I think that a big part of it is that it was very easy to crack. It was like a one button crack. Everyone yes. knows, everyone knows yeah. the, 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 the because of it was the crack theme for Vegas Pro Nine. I I think <laughs> and, and the yeah, and I I think the uh, the biggest thing I'd or like the not the biggest but like the the first even like introduction I heard about it was I remember it was. 2007 2008 um one of my like my friends and i we were playing halo 3 super into machinima one of my friends wanted to go all out and he like we went to i went to best buy with him he ended up convincing his mom to get a dazzle and yeah and he was recording it and it was like he was recording directly onto his computer so he couldn't even use his tv so he was using the built-in software and he was using a small preview and playing in real time (laughs) and it was laggy and it was bad and it was low quality and then i remember like it was it was an awful experience overall he had to get uh splitters for it the software was still bad literally the way he fixed it it was like a few weeks later at school, we were talking about it. He's like, hey, so you remember when I was having all those issues with my Dazzle? I ended up fixing it. I was like, wait, really? How? He's like, oh, I downloaded and cracked Sony Vegas and I could just like capture through there and I can yeah. edit and just everything works. I'm like, uh, okay. And that was the first time I ever heard of Sony Vegas. Yeah, and he I, probably heard about it from another YouTuber. <laughs> it was very big. As far as I can tell, it was very big in the um, Call of Duty scene. Uh, like oh, the, yes. the yeah. montage scene that one was huge like and they all <laughs> use sony vegas as far as i can tell because uh i know if this is like the the reason or an effect of that but it was uh compatible with the boris fx suit which was the the thing that added all of those lens flare stuff that then became a meme in mlg <laughs> yes Mont- okay so uh vegas like 
Premiere was also compatible with it. But you got to keep in mind, Premiere uh, required, as far as I can tell, more hardware. Like you had to. Premiere was much heavier. Yeah, you had to have. And kids just have (laughs) hand hand down laptops. And Vegas can run on those. Bad. Mm -hmm. It takes 10 hours to render, but it it works. And that's all that matters for a kid, (laughs) for a teenager. So, uh, and I noticed because, um, like, I had a decent PC uh, when I was like. I was 10 and I, and I got a Core 2 Duo Centrino, which was amazing at the time. I, I remember playing everything I wanted. I played Prototype on a computer. It was a laptop. Um, I, I played Duke Nukem Forever, uh, which I thought was amazing because I was 10 and I was, I didn't. I'm sorry. I, I So uh, you, 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 gotta, you, gotta know, you gotta know that my introduction to Duke Nukem was Manhattan Forever. I didn't ever play uh, 3D up until late because. Um, okay. Yeah. I played the demo of 3D when I was a kid on Xbox Live, uh, the, the arcade version of 360. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the the first game I played was Mountain Forever. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Because I didn't know anything really about about Duke Nukem. I, I was surprised to be able to play a game at more than 15 frames per second. <laughs> this, this was the thing. And, That's uh, fair. Yeah. So I had a good laptop, but my friends, they had all like... Uh, AMD 8 loan hand downs from their dad's office. <laughs> yep. And yep. it was either AMD was cheaper. Oh yeah. Uh the people people that have like they either have forgot it or they they weren't in the like they weren't buying processors. I remember when I was uh 11, 12, I was looking uh in, on info on processors. And you do remember like uh, when the the i3, i5s and i7s just came out. Oh yeah. And I remember uh like <sighs> I remember they were way too expensive for me because I just had kid money. Uh, and I was looking at the AMD options and I remember there were the the AMD solo process. We were like single cores and oh, you God. you could unlock them because they were actually dual cores that were being disabled. Uh, and you could re-enable them by uh, basically unlocking the microcode. And they were so much cheaper. Like um, an AMD CPU was like uh, 30 euros here. Uh, compared to an Intel processor, an i3, which was like 120. Mm-hmm. And that was the case for years because AMD was basically lagging behind. Uh, the the only, like, uh, the biggest selling point for AMD at one point became the APUs. Uh, they were the only company making yes. somewhat decent integrated processors, uh, graphic processors, so uh, graphics, card, graphics cards uh, in their CPUs. Uh, but aside from that, they were always lagging behind. I mean, Bulldozer was terrible. Uh, Ryzen yes, was a yes. was a game changer because it they yeah. suddenly were ahead of Intel and they were cheaper. It it had a I remember I think the only bad thing about Ryzen was at the beginning because it was just motherboard uh, manufacturers were not ready for it. Yes. It had a rough launch at the beginning, but it was it essentially came down to hey uh, wait for a BIOS update, flash that to your motherboard when available, and then after that it was rock solid. So like it had kind of a rocky launch because of the motherboard support, but after that it was flying. Oh, I also want to ask you, like, uh, do you know that there is, like, a variant of Ryzen, which is only for China, and they were making that, uh, I think, for government servers? Uh, I've seen a video on that. I've never heard of this. Why is this? (laughs) So, essentially, uh, there is this this variant of AM4, uh, which was done in collaboration with, uh, with China. And as far as I can tell, this actually led AMD into having trouble with the U.S. troubles with the U.S. government, uh, because 
yeah, you, you don't work with a foreign government if you are a, a company that makes processors. Like that's sure. something that leads to problems. And yeah, I, I've seen a video on that and it's still weird because they were identical, but what they did is probably stripping down the obvious vectors every CPU has to have. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's it's not even a secret now. After after know then that every processor has some vectors. Yeah, of uh, course. Uh, so I I can see why why a government <laughs> like China. I I I don't even though like you might not agree with them, you might not support them, but I can see why they wanted a version without <laughs> without the spyware from the US. I yeah I I get it I get it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, so um, but it, I, it's weird because I've, aside from this, I've never seen uh, like essentially what amounts to a hardware fork of a processor. I haven't like I haven't heard of this until now either. Okay. So like I, like legitimately have not heard of it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's um uh, it's quite rare, and uh, the few I've seen some of them pop up uh, pop up on uh, AliExpress because that's where used old. Uh, server hardware hands up like yeah, um, yeah. i Z- love all xeon, express for that yeah. yes xeon processors used to be banger deals like um i remember i i built a pc for a person which had this uh xeon e5 processor and uh using the microcode trick i don't know if you follow uh tech yes the channel Mm-mm, i don't uh basically um so i i was into this the, the xeon scene for a while because i knew that uh, xeon processors Initially, so like uh, socket seven seven one for um, for server was basically socket seven seven five for desktop to the point where uh, they were basically core two quads and by um, by using some tape you could use server processors in client motherboards. Using uh, tape? Yes, you had to like invert two pins. It was nuts. Uh, okay. I, I, I was into the scene for a while, and then there was this, like, this YouTube channel popped up that made videos about it, and I immediately subscribed great channel and uh like flash forward to 2019 he makes this video where he showcases how um xeon e5s now which were essentially uh i7s just straight up i7s very powerful ones Mm -hmm. so they they were being uh blocked to uh very they they were like six cores 12 threads so even better than most i7s um they were being uh throttled to uh only have two gigahertz per two gigahertz per core Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a glitch that basically just put them into turbo mode, so three gigahertz indefinitely. And what this meant is that, like, you could get very fast six core, twelve thread, uh, inter processors for like twenty euros, which is like twenty five dollars. Jeez, okay. So right. uh, I managed to uh, make a gaming PC for uh, one of my friends, which had that and had um, another uh, Chinese, uh, <laughs> another Chinese find was an Rx. Uh, an RX 480 uh, okay. that, that we got. No, sorry, 417 because the 480 uh, was already. Was that also a AliExpress yeah. find? Yes, it uh, right, it, right. it it was uh, 70 euros. So CPU 20 20 euros, GPU 70 euros. The entire computer, and I mean um, everything, even the case, the power supply, the SSD, 200 euros for a computer that could run basically every esport title on high. And most new games like AAA on low 60 FPS. That's pretty awesome. Yes. And like Xeon processors are amazing, but this is going to die quite soon because I I can't see anything but everyone moving to either ARM or 
similar integrated process like risk five because mm-hmm. x 36 is not going to last in my opinion it's just i mean we we are sticking to it we're still going to see it for a while i feel like but, i i think yeah. it's going to be like 20 years tops yeah if not 10 yeah. because yeah. because like it's already old by today's standards i mean uh yeah. Apple, Apple has shown us that uh, risk is the future with uh, with ARM in computers. Like this, this Mac can pretty much emulate any x86 instruction good enough to just not need an actual processor that does that natively. So I, I think mm-hmm. the future is gonna lay there. Um, and I think that, like, I don't know if you've seen the the research behind uh, Risk Five. Uh, I haven't. No. Basically, it's um, it's another it's a new architecture, new. Uh, I mean, in the standards, <laughs> when compared to x86, uh, but it's been a few years that um, basically every giant is throwing money at research into this because it's it's basically an ARM alternative for the modern era, and I mm-hmm. think that's that's probably what's going to like what we are going to transition to either that or just straight up ARM like Apple is doing, because it's like we we. Most of the stuff we do today isn't even run locally. Like we basically do everything using web apps, and so, yeah, I'm seeing a lot more of that. Yes, <laughs> and uh, like as as much as I sometimes don't like that because I don't like having my stuff on servers. That I just like I I don't trust. <laughs> I just if I, if I can avoid having to send stuff to the internet to do stuff, I I want to do stuff on my own. Uh, so yeah, sure. But this is not where the world is going. The world is going towards the fact that you're going to have just a hub and everything's going to be done uh, elsewhere. Yeah. And the reason, like, ARM is great for that because, uh, I mean, you just get a super high-lasting power, uh, power <laughs> battery. Sorry, it's it's 445 a.m. Oh, uh, good. A, a, oh, good. A, a super A super long-lasting battery uh, because it, it, it's very low power. So maybe, like, maybe it can't go head to head with the highest powerful x86 processor right now but you don't need to because you're not gonna use that if you're the average user or even a power user like this mac is faster to render than my uh, windows computer because even if arm sometimes can be slower what apple did was they integrated some uh, dedicated course for encoding so it's faster because there, there are those and yeah I, I i just i just think this is where we're going to, to end up in like 10 years, just having less x86 and more other stuff, which is mm-hmm. interesting because if you think about it, it's almost going backwards because like um, our ARM is is not a new technology. It, it's no, great, no. but like uh, it, we are going back to, towards the fact that uh, we're going to have loads of different processors with different instructions like we were in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, and I, I wonder how that's going to go. I, I know even back then as well, too. So I was, I guess, out of the computer game at that point. Yeah. Like I, had I, I wasn't even born technology. yet. So <laughs> I, I was I was born then, but like I wasn't like ripping apart computers or anything that young. Uh, but I know even like... I know even at some point I'd heard stories of like there were motherboards that were compatible with both kinds of CPUs. Like you could literally oh, yeah. have the same CPU. You could use AMD or you could use no, Intel. No, uh, wait, uh, I, I I wanted to even go backwards even for that. Okay. Because, <laughs> so something that I noticed is that, um, so you're, I mean, you know what an MSX is. It's the uh, the system, oh, yeah. like the standard that Microsoft made for computers with like a lot of different companies. And um, what I noticed is that 
during that period, like this is something um, America didn't really uh, see a lot. I mean, you have seen it, but not at the level we Europeans have seen it. Like game consoles here in Europe were all, only started really picking up after the PlayStation. Because before then, yeah, home yeah. computers were the thing. And it's also the reason, in my opinion, why um, piracy was normalized here. Because with computers, you just copied programs. That's normal. I, so <laughs> I was going to say, so that, but also I know um, a lot of European countries really didn't have, you know, the whole thing for like oh, yeah. copyright uh, until like EU was there and yes, they were uh, like joining the EU and then there was legislation. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, you, you've, you've heard my intro j- the, the jingle, the one day I have like, the dun, 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 that, oh, yeah. that means, okay, that comes from me uh, from an, it's a remake of uh, the jingle of an advertisement for a bootleg Polish Famicom because they, did, they didn't have the, the, the infrastructure for that. So uh, the story is funny. Uh, a jeans salesman in Poland, when the US, USSR f- fell down, uh, he went to, to, to Taiwan to buy jeans. Uh, he discovered uh, Famiclones and he bought one and he became obsessed with playing it. And he was like, yeah, I got to sell this. And he started selling Famicoms in like Famicom clones in Poland, uh, okay. like in the nineties when the rest of the world was playing with the PlayStation. And like, yes, there is also that fact because I mean, communism was a thing up until nineteen eighty nine. Uh, I mean, it's not that now, but I, I meant the the USSR. That's what I meant. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it, I think it's also like the fact that we were used to computers because. Um, Talking with like uh, my dad, for example, which is uh, he, he's a boomer. He's basically yeah, almost seventy, and uh, he he was like he didn't cons- like it wasn't realizing the concept of having of buying something uh, where you have to to pay for games when he <laughs> like sure. uh, because because um, he used to own an Amstrad computer when I was a kid when I was a kid, but also when he was a kid, it was like his old computer and mm-hmm. uh he got that when i was when he was a teenager i think uh maybe later it was an 80s amstrad and for that computer he essentially just got the games from either cassettes or uh other mediums and they were either copied or he got them uh like it, it didn't buy games so the idea of yeah. buying stuff in europe like buying software was weird because it was basically all shared and most of that was because uh, most software, most games were made in basic by just garage programmers, which is like uh, companies like Rare were born like that. Uh, because, mm-hmm. for, for example, uh, there was the, the entire UK scene where you got uh, teenagers making games on like in basic on their uh, ZX Spectrum. And like this wasn't a thing in the US as far as I can tell. Like you guys got the, the big industry from the get-go because Nintendo... Uh, put out the DNS and re- revitalized the entire industry after the Atari flop. But like your your video game crash never happened here because we had computers as the main way to play games. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I know it had, I'm sure it had an impact worldwide. I know yes. that, but it wasn't like nearly to the extent no, l- that it was over like, here. Like um, you, you never read about that because we... We never had an explosion of consoles like you had because people played on computer. We had the MSX. That's why you mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of the first standards. But even when standards weren't a thing, uh, people just loaded programs using BASIC, which uh, it, it has some differences by like um, depending on platforms. But 
they, uh, it, it was basically a, a common high-level high language, like something that basically uh, you could run on almost every 8-bit computer in the 80s, as far mm -hmm. as I can tell. I might be saying something stupid here because I wasn't even born yet. But uh, <laughs> what I mean is that I think we are going towards that approach. Like, I, I have my uh, AMD Ryzen computer here and my M1 Mac here, and both can run the same program because this program is running through an high-level translation. And yeah, it isn't the best <laughs> approach, but it's where we are going toward because the hardware is powerful enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this also leads to stuff like having horrible horrible optimizations like Discord, which is running on uh, Electrum, as far as I can tell. It, it clogs yeah, up yeah, your yeah. memory. Yeah, that right. Uh, but it's just a matter of, the technology is getting cheap enough that we are not going to have problems related to this because we're going to have headroom even if we don't optimize. Hopefully. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because there is also the other problem where we are basically reaching peak miniaturization. So we, we can't like shrink uh, transistors further because we are reaching the limit of what we can do. And the only solution to that will be probably um, quantum computers. And it, yeah, I, I don't know anything about those, so I'm not going to talk. Yeah, I wouldn't be the expert on that either, but it's yeah. fair. <laughs> no, I, I just, uh, it's it, it's a weird period for tech in general. Like, it's, I, I can't predict what's going to come tomorrow because it's just, it's the first time ever this happens because I, I used like, so you can remember like five years ago, okay, you could think about what AMD or Intel would put out next or uh, what the new console sure. was. Right now, everything is so so weird. You, you can't do that anymore. Like, uh, it's also uh, the whole, if we got to talk about games, the fact that we're moving from uh, buying games to buying subscriptions like Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, I don't, uh, like... I don't like how, well, he even just, I mean, getting into the thick of it too, I kind of don't like how everything is a subscription at this yes, point now yes. and things are just being you, segmented off. So you, it's not even just like, oh, a Netflix of games. It's like, oh, I want to heat up the seats yeah, in my yeah. car, it's, which has been the big, the, the, the big hot topic. The, no pun intended. It's meme of you, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just so tired. It, <laughs> tired it, of it. it. It's weird because like, it's weird because, um, so I'm a collector since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So having the physical item in my hands is something I value a lot. Uh, but I also see the convenience of like, okay, you pay a low amount of money every month and you get access to every game. The thing is that this, I think, is a double-edged sword because uh, what you tend to do is you tend to not focus on a single game as you used to. And like I have, like my, my Steam is full of unfinished games for this reason. Games oh, yeah. because uh, I just tend to buy stuff when it's discounted. So, and that and that was like with the old model of buying stuff. Now imagine with Game Pass where you get like three hundred games from the get go. Mm. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's the the same thing that I felt uh, when I was a kid and I legally got my um, DS ROMs. I had like this micro SD full of SD ROM, of of um, DS ROMs DS games. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to play because I had too many of them. That, I literally had too many games. Yep. 
that's that's what happens when you have like a large library whether it's physical or digital or even both it's like kind of a or or even for me i guess the game kind of becomes you know doing the stuff collecting the things or like modifying whatever the hardware or software is but uh, then you kind of just struggle to pick something i i i I got one of those uh weird uh terrible um one of those consoles that just run a weird distro of linux and a retro arch okay Okay. So I, I spent <laughs> like um, a day setting it up exactly how I wanted, and then I basically never used it because uh, you know I just <laughs> I find it more fun sometimes to do that than to actually play games on those on those consoles. I don't know. That's valid. Uh, I I did actually think of this. I know because um, you were saying you know in regards to like the older computers that yeah. we didn't really have that here. Um, I, I wonder if you had this over where you're at so in i'm thinking maybe 2003 2004 maybe two let's say 2004 2005 okay um over in the u.s that is when a lot of places ended up discovering nintendo on a chip um i'm sure they end Uh, up existing I'm sure they existed before this, but they end up getting popular and it was it was such a new thing and it was quite literally over here. Uh, you could and for anybody who's been to like shopping malls in like 2004, 2005 in the US, I'm sure any listeners can attest to this. All of a sudden there were like these like pop up shops and shopping malls and it wasn't even like storefronts. It was kind of just like little almost like a little like carriage or something where uh there would be like one or two sellers there and they had little tv set up and they had these little uh weird looking consoles i think they also had cartridge slots in them so you could pop in a nintendo cartridge but they were just so novel at the time because you turn it on and it was like you know like a 301 game okay. console of some yes. kind and they were maybe 60 80 100 and they were just full of nes roms uh of course <laughs> you know i'm sure the emulation wasn't great i'm sure the sound wasn't the best but it was such a new concept at the time and it wasn't like it, it, we nobody here's the thing like nobody thought it was illegal in any way either because it was like so new and the assumption back then was oh the games are so old and the trademark is gone and the copyright doesn't matter so it was like overnight all of these consoles just end up literally flooding these malls and within wow. six to nine months overnight all those shops disappeared like there was like legal action that was <laughs> the going Porsche. there to like wipe them out yeah I, uh, I don't know if you all had anything like that happen okay, like so around I, that same time. Okay, uh, This is one of the things I know most about. Like my nickname is Femi because my first console was one of these Femi clones. So you get okay. it. Okay. Uh, I, just drink, I just had some water so I'm not dying like I was dying 10 seconds Perfect. ago. Perfect. So we had that in the 90s because uh, as I was saying, so well, Poland was one of the countries that got Femi clones because uh, they didn't have Nintendo. Okay. Russia did the same with Dandy. They had TV shows. If you go on archive.org and you search for a Dandy TV show, you can see TV programs from Russia where they are reviewing bootleg NES games. It's, it's great. <laughs> That's it's, awesome. There is an episode on, on Somari, which is the um, the Sonic uh, D-Make that was made by the Hammer team with, with Mario in it. And it's an mm. actual review because they sold it in stores there. But um, in like in countries like uh, like mine, where Nintendo and Sega were a thing, uh, we had Famiclones, and they were sold as a cheap alternative to um, to other consoles. And that was so normal that uh, when I was born, 
that was my first car. We, we already had three of them because my dad used to buy them uh, like locally, like you said, at pop-up shops and stuff. But they were basically being sold in supermarkets, like in grocery stores, okay. like normally. And they never disappeared here. Like you, you see, you see them popping up, popping up uh, from time to time. And uh, now that you mentioned this, so you said these ones had a cartridge slot, the ones you, you've seen. I'm, I believe they had a cartridge slot. Yeah, but the big thing was like these ones stuck out because it was around that time. That's when they started being preloaded with games where they'd yes, be like, yes. you know, okay. 200, 300 so, games. Uh, in, in America, it was uh, deep. The power player series was huge, which was basically uh, it was built like a Nintendo 64 controller with a with a cartridge lock. So it was an N64 pad with a slot on the top. And uh, I remember this because apparently Nintendo had sued some of them, like sued uh, some importers of this. Uh, but the NES on a chip uh, fad. Okay, I actually tried tracking down the origins in that video I was uh, saying a few minutes ago in the. Uh, Five thousand uh, dollars Famicom cartridge. Yes, yeah. Made. Okay, so what happened is that uh, yeah, the first clones uh, were made in the early nineties, which is interesting because I mean, if you think about uh, like the state of China in the late eighties, that was basically as early as they as they could make them. They started making them, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is, they, they are pretty accurate. Uh, the problem they have mostly. Uh, most of the time is that uh, they invert some uh, sound channels, so you can you can hear difference yeah. in the music, mostly. Uh, like that's the main thing. That and also the the most stupid problem was that uh, a lot of the ROMs that came preloaded were uh, of the wrong region. So you maybe had a PAL time <laughs> clone, and they were running uh, NTSC ROMs, so they were too fast. Or uh, the did they also have like two or three of the same ROM at times? Oh no, yeah. Okay, so story time. Uh, I have this distinct memory, and it's amazing. Uh, basically, <laughs> I, I, they they were so desperate to uh, make the games look more than they were that there were versions of some games that basically were the same game without like with the wrong um, uh, scrolling applied to the ROM. So there was this, there was this version of Super Mario where it glitches out and it's part of the gameplay because you can't see Mario on half of the screen. And it had like a name like Dream Mary because you couldn't see Mario while you were playing. And they were like, no, no, this is a feature. It's not a bug. We are selling you Oh my you God, an extra that's game. amazing. And uh, yeah, all of those games came, uh, of course, these multicars were uh, from China. And like we got them both us in Europe and you uh, years later in the US. Uh, like the, the ROMs that you got were dumps of dumps of dumps of ROM that were made in China like 10 years prior, which is amazing. They, they get <laughs> constantly modified and they still get updated to this day. Uh, something I, I discovered is that like, um, so I don't know if you know the bootleg games wiki. Uh, it's an amazing uh, I wiki. I don't actually, amazingly enough, but it sounds so, fascinating. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's a rabbit hole. Uh, I suggest everyone listening to this because basically what they do is is they collect every single bootleg game they can find and they try to find who made it the engine uh every single hidden thing in the code it's amazing and the thing is if you go there you discover that these family clones at one point (laughs) this is nuts they uh the the hardware makers uh were working closely with the people making games for them okay because they started making it their own games like bootleg mm-hmm. marios bootleg 
um, they, they made a, a, a remake of Earthworm Jim just to give you an, an idea. That's awesome. All yeah. right. <laughs> and uh, so at one point, they were feeling limited and they started making upgrades to the NES hardware to the point where there is, I, I have one, but it's broken. There is this this um, this version that it's called VT slash zero X. Basically, uh, they went up with each generation, but the latest one is a NES clone. So an S, a 6502 clone that can display PNGs instead of sprites. That okay. means that it's an NES clone with photorealistic graphics, and it's so weird. <laughs> like, uh, I, 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 I I've never this. heard of this. No, I, 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 but nobody knows this, and it's amazing because, like, um, I, I got one of these consoles when I was like uh, fifteen at my uh, local supermarket here because I was like, oh, it's, it's a pad, then it's gonna be a S on a ship. I was curious. I plug it in. I see that this graphics that was too good to be true, and I was like, no, okay, it's, it's not a clone. But I discovered it's actually a clone. They, they went so ahead. They upgraded the DNS. It's just what, like. <laughs> why aren't you making your own design at that point like you can, you can that's just that. amazing but also i think the answer to that is also why not <laughs> yeah no i like uh another thing is that and this is this is gonna be like people are gonna probably be um uh, interesting this there is like they leaked an emulator made by the the developers of this hardware so you can actually emulate this on your computer that's amazing <laughs> yeah i uh, i want to try this out <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing is there is uh, an upscaled version. There are videos uh, by uh, bootleg collectors. There is an upscaled, hacked version of Super Mario Brothers with these graphics, and it's so weird <laughs> because oh you God. can clearly tell it's a it's an eight bit games um, like physics engine, but it's applied to graphics that <laughs> is not that. It's not supposed to be happening, but it yes. is, and we're just letting yes. it happen. Yes, uh, like um, I I suggest you look for it because it's. It's quite interesting. I was writing a video on that like a year ago, uh, but it's currently on old because it's a very deep rabbit hole. Uh, like we are talking about companies that made so much money. They had their own, uh, like they, they had plushies made of their mascots. So this, is, this isn't like some Yo. some b- basement. They were, they were, they took the NES hardware to their heart and they made, they, they ran with it and they made so much money off it. They, upgraded it like it's an entire industry and like people don't realize how big this is because every single like um, you see those um non-android consoles that are full of games and those games usually aren't licensed they are like clones of clones of clones like a clone of puzzle bubble or a clone of um f1 race for the nes okay sure those are nes on a chip but they are upgraded like they are based on that <laughs> that's the technology they run most of the time, to the point where uh, you can, like, uh, I've seen some people uh, extract the ROMs and they are able to run them on actual NES hardware with some glitch graphics. It, it's amazing. Sure. And, like, if you think about how many, like, uh, six to seven, like, six, eight-year-old kids get that uh, as a console because they are cheap, you can see why the industry is a thing and why it's big because, it, like, the low end of the market always has to have something. And Of course. Yeah. It's it's like it's amazing. It's something that uh, is completely ignored, even though it's right in front of our eyes. And the fact that it's an NES clone, and people don't know that. 
That's amazing. I- I'll need you to link some of this to me yeah. just so I can look into it more. But I did Absolutely. not know about that. Yeah, I, I, I like I for some reason I don't. I have never met someone even uh, in my circle of friends that knew that. Uh, the reason I know this is because I really went into a rabbit hole with this thing, uh, sure. because I like I was trying to find out uh, around like two years ago if there was um, a NES clone processor. So a family professor that pre-made that didn't have the sound issue because I was like, okay, I, I was trying to make, you've seen the, the projects on GitHub. The, I got to do it in some water. Oh, good. Um, Again, water's important. Everyone you know, I'm, hydrate. I, I'm talking a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably have seen the reverse engineering of the NES motherboard. You can essentially just have a CPU. Have a, oh uh, yeah, PP. yeah, okay. OpenTendo, right? Yes. So yeah. my my idea was okay, that's compatible with the clone chips because they are pin compatible. Yes. If, if I found um like a clone CPU that didn't have the sound problem, I could feasibly make myself a cheap alternative to the analog NT. So I was I, I I didn't even I don't know how to solve the problem. I was just <laughs> looking at it because I was like, yeah, it's a cool idea. Maybe I'll learn. And I discovered about like there isn't a perfect clone of the chip but they just made of upgrades over the other ones and they got to the point where we have 32 bits nes clones and yeah this is oh a sentence God. that makes sense and it's <laughs> it's not like uh I, I don't even know how to and yeah i <laughs> i wanted to make a video on them but like finding those is weird also uh another thing i don't know if you know the um the atari flashback consoles uh yes yeah i know uh one thing i do know about them that's interesting i think on uh yeah the atari ones i don't know if it's all of them but i know on some of them um they are kind of open sourced in a way okay you can quite literally open them up and like on the back of it it shows a pinout where you can solder in a uh, cartridge connector and you can quite literally use atari cartridges on a flashback yes 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 yes. what you might not know is that the first console was actually (laughs) was actually a Famiclone. It just ported the game, sorry, because it was cheaper to buy Famiclone hardware than to make Oh, Atari. seriously? Yes. I did not know about that. Uh, it's, it, it was like uh, for that and for the Intellivision too, I think, the, the pads. Uh, okay. Famiclone hardware is, cho- is so cheap. They made like they made educational computers in China around it because it's cheaper to just buy that than any, like, any cheap processors because they were making them in large quantities. That's amazing, but that yes. also makes sense. And it's it's nuts because there's, uh, as far as I can tell, so there is the language barrier, which unfortunately stops me because I don't speak Chinese yet, at least. I might learn it someday. <laughs> but uh, there is an entire industry of even non-gaming stuff that runs on any SMA chip hardware. And it's so fascinating because, like, you you can see that happening on like in the PC world, okay? Like x86, theoretically, is just uh like the derivative of the original 8086, okay? But that's something mm-hmm. a company did with their own hardware. They based the architecture on a successor processor. Makes sense. Here, random people took, took someone else's product, which was also already a clone. Because I mean, we gotta remember the the Ricoh's chip. Uh, the Rico chip the NES uses is a clone of the 650 chip. Uh, so yeah, they took yeah. that and they ran with it so much. It's now <laughs> something else. And I mean, you like Rico can sue them because the, the, the design was cloned. Nintendo sure. can sue them because... <laughs> so they, I mean, 
what what can you tell them like good job i i guess uh <laughs> even like um i i i i forgot to ask so i i met federico fajin which was uh uh the, the the person that um no i mean he he, he worked on on the z z80 sorry uh, but right. I, 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 for, I forgot to ask, ask him about like this clone market of processors, even though I knew, uh, basically, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the Z80, which was, I mean, it, it was also cloned for the Game Boy. The Game Boy doesn't have an actual Z80, it has a clone. But Z80 uh, was designed so that um, it had fake gates and so that like companies trying to clone it <laughs> would get frustrated and take more time, which is amazing. <sighs> Okay, I've heard of uh, measures like that. Yes, and uh, like I, 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 I met him. I met Federico Fagin, which was the he's Italian and is the main engineer behind the project and the founder of the of the company that made it. Uh, and I, I forgot to ask him about that because the clone market of CPU is like uh, back in the eighties and nineties, uh, Japan was huge for just making clones. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, there, there was this this fear of, like, if, if a CPU got to Japan, you immediately got cheap clones of it. And uh, okay. for a while, huh. uh, it was also, like, uh, it was also the case with, with cars, as far as I can tell. Like, Japan and Korea had this sort of reputation for just building uh, either, like, cheap econo boxes or clone cars from the west part of the world and i mean right. that makes sense because think about the economy of japan uh, they had to start somewhere and they started by copying other people um mm. and i mean for the tech industry it was the same they were just copying our designs and just making them cheaper and when japan stopped doing that because they were trying they were building their own cpus like they were making their own designs China started doing that, and they got to this point where they were not only copying them but upgrading them, and it's, it's amazing. Like I generally that found is. it amazing. <laughs> uh, speaking about the Z80, um, like this processor that Federico Fagin made, so it's the processor that also runs the ZX Spectrum, that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> this is another story that I I've seen um, one video uh, from me. From it uh, on the Retro Man Cave channel. I think that that's the name of the channel. I've had it pop up one time. Retro Man Cave. Uh, see, uh, yes, RMC, the cave. Mm -hmm. So uh, he made this video uh, where he was showcasing a Soviet clone of the Z80, which is something uh, that seems wild, but uh, then you realize so there was an, an embargo. And apparently, as far as I've read, they were uh, teaching students in universities how to reverse engineer Western processors to remake them. Wait, are you serious? Yes. Uh, oh my and god! And it, it's amazing. Like they couldn't buy them, so they just, they just. They so yeah, them. just ha just have some uh, some students do it. Yes, and the thing is, um, the so Soviet computers up to like the early two thousands, most of them were Z eighties to the point where there is a a Warcraft port for the Z80. Like, you That's can amazing. play a port of Warcraft on a ZX Spectrum. It's wild. And, and uh, but like the entire, uh, the entire government backed reverse engineering thing is what like shocked me because I was like, oh, they were teaching people how to steal, <laughs> how to steal someone's engineering. It's amazing. And 
and just making a making class out of it. Yes, like quite yes, literally. Yes, <laughs> it's 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 like uh, I'm, it's interesting because uh, as far as I can tell, lot like all, a lot of the research that went into that actually was useful then for uh, like when the USSR stopped being a thing. Lots of those engineers ended up working in America, and they ended up working on actual processors. So it was useful to, for them, to make stuff. Actually, good for them. <laughs> yeah, like, but it's it's interesting that like this was a thing at all because reverse engineering. Okay, it's always been a thing. Okay, trying to to copy the product your your opponent is making. That's like that's part of the design of a, a new product. No, you try to study the competition to understand why it works. But mm-hmm. something that's ta- like something on this scale, where <laughs> okay, you, we we can't buy processors from the West. We're gonna copy them and make our own. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> uh, they also did the same with like um, musical keyboards. Like um, there are okay. a lot yeah, of clones yeah. of, of Casio key. I, I, I like I used to post pictures of them on my Twitter because they are funny. There are these these keyboards. We are like you can take a look at a keyboard at an old Casio keyboard. Yeah, 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 immediately tell it's a Casio keyboard, and <laughs> there are these pictures like clones that are identical, and they have this completely like for me that I'm not Russian, completely unreadable uh, <laughs> text on them, <laughs> like with a random brand, and they are just straight up secret clones of Casio ones, and I love them. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, and yeah. apparently they also did the same with some um, cameras. The clone industry in Russia was just. It's generally one of the most. They, so they kind things. of just cloned everything. <laughs> yes, because they, they couldn't buy it, so they they were just that like they smuggled something, sense. they disassembled it, they understand how it worked, and they remade it from scratch. And it's amazing because like you, you can get how difficult that was, especially in the seventies already. It's just reverse engineering something we are um like a computer or a schematic. It, hmm. It's wild. Like you had these people trying to figure out this stuff out of nowhere. I mean, there were some leaks, of course, of like schematics. Of course, yeah, yeah. For the most part, it was just work they were doing uh, on their own, and it's it's amazing. It's just something like I, I gotta admire the grinder because <laughs> they had to do this, or they they couldn't have any decent hardware. That makes sense. Yeah, I I, I talked a lot. Like I know if this oh. is the, the, the norm for your podcast, like having. Oh like, no. no, no worries. I'm just kind of letting you go here. Although yeah. I do know, uh, you know, I know it's late for you. It's late for me too. Oh. Um, I kind of I kind of want to get to the the last things I typically uh, kind of exit on here. If you no don't problem. mind, no problem. No, I I just yeah. um. I just it's it's been a blast to... talking about all the clones. <laughs> Thank everything. you. No, I just go and talk for a lot of time. Uh, if I. I, if I stumble upon words, right, it's because I'm sleep deprived, and you can tell. Uh, but even though I'm sleep deprived, I always have something to talk about, so that's good. No, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. We need people like that sometimes. Yeah, I am yeah. quite energetic. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> I I guess uh, with all the gaming stuff, though, I do typically ask this. But uh, what games have you been currently playing? So uh, recently, I, I've been gifted uh, Yakuza Zero because I've never played a Yakuza Saga. Uh, same here. Okay. Okay, that's nice. Uh, so I, I'm gonna play that uh, on my Steam Deck. Uh, basic. I just I downloaded oh, Steam like, Deck so nice. Before. Yes, and also uh, Forza Horizon Five. I downloaded it again because I want to play just a, a car game with friends. Sometimes it's it's nice to have like uh, a multiplayer car game to just. Uh, to just do random stuff in and Forza sure. is a nice playground for that uh, it's not a, a real simulator it's an arcade game and I like it for that reason 
and the also, Horizon game specifically. Yes, yeah. yes the Horizon ones. Uh, motorsport is great, but it's it's a simulator. It's the, it's of trying course. to do that. I mean, it's a Gran Turismo rival. That's put it plain and simple. It's just that. And mm-hmm. I'm very hyped for the actual new Forza Motorsport. Uh, but I, I know it's going to get less attention than Horizon because Horizon is oh, what no most people look for. It's just a, a power fantasy for everyone. So people yeah. look for that. Um, I always uh, I always admired Forza Motorsport, but of course I'm not like the car sim person. And then like when Forza Horizon released, I'm like, oh my God, this game is amazing. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. happy to see the success of it. Like it's yeah. just been truly successful. I'd, I always thought it was going to be like a one-off thing. And then when the second one came out, I'm like, oh, okay, they're, they're doing a second one. Cool. And now <laughs> it's just like a common stay and I'm all for it. Yeah. The only issue I have with it now is that I like the formula they had in the first games where you were a nobody and you had to rank up. Uh, mm-hmm. And right now is oh you're a legend from the get go and everyone is is telling you that you're amazing. I I don't like that. I like oh, the formula okay. where you get to scale up. Uh, th- then again, um, most of the games like if you think about it, uh, most of the car games starting uh, since '98 just straight up copied the Gran Turismo formula and built on that because before oh, Gran yeah. Turismo. There was no car RPG in that sense. Like <laughs> every game was basically oh, you, like uh, think about Need for Speed, the first one. You get cars and you drive them. There yeah, is no like a... yeah. Gran Turismo had this thing which I love, where you had to buy a shitty Econo box and tune it and get a license because you suck and you gotta learn how to drive and then you can drive. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff because like it mixes the gameplay up. I am not an RPG person personally. Like I, am, I played so few Japanese RPGs. People um, like uh, most of my friends played, for example, the Final Fantasies, Final Fantasy yeah. games. I've never played those because I don't have the patience to grind, like to stay there and just kill the same enemy over and over again. Uh, which is also my problem with Pokemon. <laughs> I, I, I played, <laughs> I played some Pokemon titles, but like I'm not really into it for that reason. Uh, Gran Turismo is the, the exception because it made it quite fun. The, the license part, for example, it's a grind. You're playing the same level over and over again, but the way it does it, like the way it's uh, all categorized in the in the medals, the, the gold, the, the bronze and silver, um, it's, it's way more like it's a, something you can digest way more than doing the same thing over and over again for no reason. Sure. Other than just ranking uh, and trying to uh, like, having um having more exp and therefore leveling up uh on Gran Turismo like you you're racing against yourself and that's that's very addicting and if you think about it so uh I'm going to mention this the other game <laughs> I, I I'm playing now is the new track mania the latest okay. one uh the Haven't played it, but... yes so they made this new new I mean it's three years old now but uh so the track mania games took this idea and took it to the next level because if you think about it, every Trackmania circuit is just a, a license test of, of Gran Turismo, level mm-hmm. like scaled up because you have the, the, the three uh, levels you, you have to reach like gold, metal, uh, silver, and bronze, but it's an entire circuit and they have to reach the time to beat that. And the gameplay works, it, it works so well. It's now like the game has been running for like this, this saga has been running for basically almost 20 years now. And it's not huge in the US, but in Europe, it's it's way bigger than you think. Like uh, France has 
as nation sponsor Trackmania, Trackmania tournaments to the point where M- Macron, the president, went there to, to see people play. There are photos <laughs> of the French president playing Trackmania. It's amazing. That's amazing, yeah, actually. So, uh, yeah, uh, I- I'm a big fan of Trackmania. And, but I think the Trackmania I played most is the one I also talked about uh, in my channel, even though that video is old, it kind of sucks. It's, it's Trackmania Wii. Trackmania Wii is even, like, it's a spin-off. It's not even mm-hmm. made by Nadia themselves, but by a company they contracted to do the work. And it it works all right. What it has, though, is this soundtrack, which has no business being that good, to the point where it has, like, French house remixes, which are clearly Daft Punk-inspired, of, like, random disco songs. And, and like, um, if, if anyone here is listening and they want to check that, you can go on YouTube and search for Trackmania Wii Coast One. You search for that and you listen to this song, which is, like, it sounds like a Daft Punk song, like right. remade by memory, or more precisely, uh, it sounds like um, wait, uh, mu- like music sound sounds better with you, which isn't made by Daft Punk, but it's made by Thomas Mangalter of, of Daft Punk and other people, and mm-hmm. like the the soundtrack for that game is, is amazing, and the entire game is amazing too. I what I want to say with this is that Gran Turismo, essentially, <laughs> let's going back, uh, laid the foundation for this entire, like for the entire car gen- racing genre now. Because if you think about it, like the Need for Speed games, starting with, uh, I think, uh, Hot Pursuit, also started doing that, like where you had to rank up, yeah. and it really became a thing with like the uh, starting with Underground. Underground basically took that concept and said, okay, this but tuning. And it worked great. Mm. Uh, even though, like, um, seeing those games now can be weird if you don't remember how big tuning was back in the 2000s. Like, tuning yes. was everywhere. It was a big thing, yes. <laughs> uh, like, I especially, I, I know that in the US, but even bigger than here. But, like, I had, I had my cousin uh, own this terrible, terrible hashback with... <laughs> With green nails under it, like we're talking, like okay, and, and he, right. he it wasn't even like uh, it was just a random person. But tuning was so so common that people just did that to really weird and terrible cars. So <laughs> yeah, because like uh, when the Fast and the, uh, sorry, uh, Fast and Furious came out, the first one, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like people went nuts for that because. They they weren't like they weren't even thinking that this that was a thing you could do to cars. <laughs> so <laughs> having that in a game, it was a winning formula. And Underground 2 just iterated on that. And but yeah, it all comes down to the car RPG formula because if you buy even Force Horizon, I mean, yeah, they are trying to flip this with the later games now, with you being a legend and the and the random wheel that gives you random stuff, but it's still a, a grind to the top. And that happened mm-hmm. because of Gran Turismo. Like, I, I don't think there were any games with that structure before that. Um, what I what I liked about the like Gran Turismo 2 and 4 uh, was the used car section too, because you found like the weirdest cars there. <laughs> it was an excuse for your developers to put like cars that weren't in production anymore. So uh, like you found the weirdest, boxiest Japanese cars there. And that's something you don't see in these new games where they only give you the fastest power fantasy cars and it's sad <laughs> mm-hmm. okay I, I i 
this tangent exploded. I'm sorry. Oh, all good. All good. I, I'm just going, yo, I'm going to be honest. I'm tired. I need to take my dog out too. So that's why I'm like also like winding down. I've yeah. also noticed even just like as like a meta podcast thing, like when it goes over two hours, I'm like, oh, I'm tired. No, yeah, it's not. I got that. Um, also, I mean, I should be the one that's, I, I am tired. I am in slow mode right now. But even then, I <laughs> I just go off. Uh, but I mean, that's that's one of the good, like the things I like about stuff like this, just recording and having something that, like I, I work on essays, so I have all the time to refine stuff. Here it's just raw material and it's it's more yeah, authentic. Like, Of course. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I like this kind of stuff. So uh, people just heard me uh, talk for two hours and it's 5.27am <laughs> here. I, I am basically running on five hours of sleep and... <laughs> It's amazing. I'm sorry, but we've we've got we've gotten it. Uh, we got it scheduled. We were able to work it out. Oh no, yeah, don't worry. Like I yeah. am, I'm, I'm fine. I, I'm 25. If I don't do this today, <laughs> when do I have to do it? Like perfect. Yeah, I, I, I gotta, I gotta take this chance. I, I'm saying no. this like after I, I hit 26, I'm gonna sleep at 8 p.m. That's clearly not not happening, but like. <laughs> Honestly, I'll say as you get to like older, like I'm I'm 29, for yes. example, uh, I will say in the last year, I've hurt more than I ever have. Um, I think part of it is age, but also a part of it I think is pretty valid is uh, I had a ton, I'm better now, thankfully, but the last year I had a ton, a ton, a ton of stress and I oh, have wow. no doubt that that had a physical impact on me. Oh yeah, that like stress destroys you. Like it's generally- oh, yeah. It's something that kills you. Yes. Yeah. So I don't recommend that. Um, yeah. I know. In th this week has been kind of uh, weird. I haven't been sleeping a lot uh, because uh, what happened is that. So I'm working on that video that <laughs> that you are in. Yes. And yeah. what happens is that I to ended be clear up. To everyone, I have a very, very, very small role. I'm in there for like 30 seconds. <laughs> yes. 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 But I mean, <laughs> your part is. I, I, I'm not going to say it, but it's very important. Even though it's uh, small, well, thank you. it's something All right. important. All it's, right. It's something that ties together everything. Uh, which, uh, it's basically saying everything and nothing at the same time. It's 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 perfect. perfect. <laughs> so, um, no, what I was saying is, what happened is that I, so I started working, uh, I, I kept working uh, after I had dinner, okay, on videos, just editing. Mm -hmm. And I, I noticed like some stuff I could, I could fix, something I could make better. And it went on. <laughs> a lot of days, I just stayed up until 3 a.m. I was like, fuck, I should sleep. I, I went to sleep, and then I, I woke up like uh, at 8 a.m. regardless with five hours of sleep. And <laughs> I was like, okay, fine, I'm going to keep running. So right now, I'm actually, it's been like a week that I haven't slept more than five hours, uh, which is something oh, that you shouldn't do. Uh, no, no. Yeah, sleep uh, is important. Yes, I'm like, I, I want to resume sleeping normally. Uh, but I mean, sometimes you, you don't choose, <laughs> you don't choose that just, it just happens. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to having normal sleep again. Uh, but I, I guess that like, it's, it's weird because I really love what I'm doing. That's why I'm not sleeping. <laughs> just, yeah. Well, that's like, you'll go, go into workaholic mode when you do yes, something that you yes, love. Yes, yeah. exactly. You, you get so hyper-focused that you you almost forget to eat sleep and everything it's it's yep. wild it's that very wild <laughs> i was uh 
I was gonna jump in real quick with uh my games I've been playing here. Oh recently. yes, sure. I'm I'm very I, curious. Oh yes. Uh I last night I just this is the second time I finished it. Uh, I just finished my friend Pedro, which uh if you haven't played that game, it's it's literally bananas. Oh no, uh, what is it about? Uh it is kind of a two point five D shooter where the shooting mechanics are absolutely excellent. It's a short oh. game, you can finish it in like two hours. Uh you are a masked mysterious person who wakes up with amnesia and there is a floating talking banana talking to you oh wow okay that (laughs) that's an interesting concept it's amazing it's hilarious it's just the gunplay is fantastic uh i think anybody who is into anything of the sort with that would like it the only person i've ever run into who didn't really like it was my friend's wife because she doesn't like bloody gory violence. oh stuff. yeah okay so she was all into it until she saw the gameplay she's like oh nope i don't want this it's like oh okay well i i know how you are so i get it no i mean that's uh, understandable like some people are like that and can yeah. get that uh yeah and, yeah and i respect that yeah. yeah um i know her and her husband have been uh playing some co-op games and for example they didn't play a way out because you know that's very dark and gritty for her uh but they've been playing it takes two and they've been struggling through it because she doesn't really play games but they got through like the first level last time i checked okay nice that that's that's not like it's amazing that she was able to do that so (laughs) yes because especially Uh, because i i told my friend i said it takes two is harder (laughs) okay yeah i can get that and are you playing anything else or just that uh let's see so i finished that um i guess on the side i'm still uh <laughs> i finished uh, oh all good no, all no, good. <laughs> it, no it's it just i i talked for two hours 25 without like i i just drank like a, a small glass of water that's everything that <laughs> yeah that that is what happens and then it's just like at the end it's like oh yeah. god my throat hurts you got like oh no it's terrible yeah. but um <laughs> that plus my sleep yeah. deprivation it's 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 doing things to me i'm yeah i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm reaching new heights no i what, totally what, get that what, what, it's, what? it's literally sending you yes. but uh no i recently finished uh for the first time here i finished uh shredder's revenge from uh that, that new team and t game oh yeah uh, friend and i finished it in co-op that was fun so haven't finished this one yet um i've actually never finished this game but this will be like my third time starting this now uh we've decided to start co-oping saints row the third oh so, yeah 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 yes okay. that yes. is that if funny when you were saying like you're on top and everything in uh forza horizon 5 that's literally yes. how saints or the third is which i love where it's like you know the first one you are just like literally a lowly gang member and then yeah. the third one it's like oh you are like on top of the world literally yes it, it's like uh the third is i think it's the best sensor I've played so far. That's, that's what everyone says. Yeah. And I totally see that. I know a lot of people didn't like the fourth one. And I, that's the only one I finished. The fourth one is not bad. But compared to the third, I can see why people dislike it. Because the fourth one was a lot more limiting. The third one is funny because it doesn't take itself seriously. But it oh, does so in a way that isn't like overly uh, weird. Like it... like. It's it, it knows where to stop being serious and it knows where to stop being funny. That makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that's very difficult to nail. I think the only other games that do they do that successfully are the GTA ones, where like the parody of everything is really great. Uh, yes, like yeah. I I love like one thing I love about GTA games is the small uh, lore building or like radios or. Um, 
ads everywhere because those yep. like that kind of stuff is done so good usually. Like the, the radio parodies are great. I love I, them. I will tell you this. I did uh, one thing I liked. Uh, one thing I disliked, uh, starting with Grand Theft Auto Four, is when they started integrating in the uh, the in-game internet and like you know network-based world and yes. such. I disliked that because. I like how in, I don't think it was in San Andreas, but in 3 and Vice City, like quite literally in Grand Theft Auto 3, PetsOvernight.com, it is a real fake website. You can actually like in yes, real life go yes, to yes, PetsOvernight.com yes, yes, yes. and it is a fake website set up for it. And in Grand Theft Auto 4 and 5, that's no longer a thing anymore because you go to the internet in game and you go to those websites, which I understand, but I'm like, no, I really like the novel concept yeah. of I can literally pull like you in can... 2002, I could go to my computer and go to petsovernight.com <laughs> and the website is there. Yeah. That was amazing. Like that kind of stuff has been done. I, I, I love that lots of games did that, like this sort of ARGs back then yes. before they were even <gasps> called that. No. I just checked on this. I went to it. Petsovernight.com. It redirects to just the Grand Theft Auto 3 Buy Now page. The website's gone. They just Terrible. redirect now. Terrible. That, that's that's very sad. I mean, it's, no. it's better than having it not being renewed and like and ending up a Chinese gambling website that, that happens. Sometimes. That's that's true, but that's so upsetting. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh another like if you like so one thing that really I remember about uh, GTA uh, Vice City is, do you remember you could like upload your own picture as the photo of the, like, of the face of the anniversary for some reason? Like it was an uh, actual option? No, I don't remember that at all. Actually, I remember like the, the different skins that you could do with yeah, the skin mod, yeah, but you, I don't remember the photo upload. No, no, you could, uh, you could just put your, your, so you could copy the skin, put someone's face and load that. Oh, it was part of the gameplay. Okay. And, and it was like, okay, okay. And I remember that being a big thing uh, when I, when I was a kid. Uh, I I did the most for Grand Theft Auto Three. I did the most immature thing because I was like a small kid, and not, uh, I guess I was like I don't know, like ten, eleven, whatever it was yeah. at the time. Uh, like I found out you could do that, and it was just you know an image file, and it's like I just like kind of like airbrushed brown on there and paint because I'm like, oh lol, he pooped himself, <laughs> and it's like the most like eleven year old yeah. thing I did. Uh, I I know this Vice City thing. Um. Basically, I remember distinctly that one of my friends did it as a prank to another friend. He just invited him. <laughs> the guy started playing. <laughs> Tommy just flips because like he has to uh, steal a car. So you see him uh, from the front and it was, the, my, it was my friend's face. He was like, what the fuck? That's amazing. Yeah, I've. I guess I've. I. I know that's possible. I've never known anyone to go to that extent, though, and I respect it. No, yeah, uh, like I. I've seen a lot of very complicated pranks pulled off like that, and I generally admire when something like that works because <laughs> the payoff is so good. That people don't expect that. Uh, it's just. It's just mind-boggling when that happens because you, you you don't know. Like even if you know what's gonna happen, and you don't know how the, the person is gonna react. <laughs> something yeah. like that intricate <laughs> it, it, it's um it's generally amazing um you gotta love it also what i wanted to ask you is i'm very oh, sure. curious about this so okay. you're just slightly older than me do you distinctly remember when um like steam started becoming a thing or not because in 2004 uh... I, I i was too offline for that <laughs> 
Okay, so I remember 2004. I I remember hearing chatter about it because um I believe it was tied to Half-Life 2 yes. and a lot of people hated it because yeah, you, at the time that yeah. was when you go to a store, you buy a game on CD or DVD, you have a CD or DVD key attached to it. Okay. You don't have this extra DRM on there. But I'm really trying to think I I remember there was that. I remember so I really wasn't into PC gaming at that time. Um, I think the the second time I heard about anything related to Steam, it was uh one of my friends in maybe two thousand eight two thousand nine was telling me about Gmod and oh, yeah, was yeah. describe and was describing it to me, and he didn't even use the terminology properly. But he was like, "Yeah, like I had a, an account and I bought it on there, and then like I lost access to that account, so unfortunately I couldn't play the game. Um, so I had to like make a new account and I had to buy it again, but it was so worth it. Um, I also break. worked." I, I also worked at a game shop at that point, and oh, I wow. distinctly remember, because that was, you know, 2008, that's when Left 4 Dead came out. Yes. We stopped, because we, we would resell uh, PC games, but we specifically had to stop reselling Valve games, because the Valve games, it was a change there. They didn't have a CD key. It was a Steam activation yes. code. So we quite literally, we, we found out because we got finessed by it, we quite literally had a person who sold us a used copy of Leopard Dead, and then we resold it, and the person had to bring it back, and they're like, hey, I can't I can't use this key to install the game because I have to register it. Yeah, um, it's a single-time key, yeah. unlike like, everything that came before it. Yeah, but I would say like the first time, I when I started seeing like it really get big was 2010, 2011, because that's when modern pc gaming as we know it got to be yes a lot more accessible easier to wrap our heads around like 2010 2011 and also that was when the steam sale started happening so, so i think like 2011 yeah. was like the second steam sale that had happened. yes 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 i got lots of stuff for that one uh, yeah. so i i distinctly remember a few things so uh i, I was asking to you because in, i remember the year i remember 2004 i was six so I was very okay. young. But one thing I remember is that uh, I had a PC which couldn't run a uh, Half-Life 2. Uh, but uh, we used to buy, like my dad used to buy game magazines because he was into gaming. Uh, and my sister too was into gaming. So we used to get demos of those. And I remember installing the, uh, I think it was the, some sort of source SDK demo. So I, like it wasn't even a real game, but I was so desperate. I was trying to run this sort of multiplayer <laughs> environment for developers yeah. just to have like to have a gun in my hand and run around. That's amazing. And like I remember trying to to do that and like getting to a point where I was almost there, but my computer, I, like we had a Pentium three with a six hundred mm-hmm. six hundred megabytes uh, processor, at like. Sorry, uh, 700 megabytes, 600, yeah, I am fucking up because it's 5.3M. 600 <laughs> yes, megahertz, yes. Uh, Pentium 3, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I should sleep. Uh, and it had like, I think, 256 megabytes of RAM and a 30 gigabytes hard drive. 30 gig, like, we had to format really this computer yeah. once a week. I'm not making, like, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I, I knew, like, I still had the muscle memory since I was 6 or 7. Of the Windows XP install, like the the, the Why blue did it screen, have to be you formatted see? so often. Was because... it the hard drive was going bad or what? So, uh, basically, yeah, the hard drive was going bad. Uh, my sister 
and I kept downloading stupid stuff and okay, we, we, we were okay. too lazy to just delete it and we just formatted it. And that's okay. the, that was, uh, I mean, the early 2000s were also a period where you just got viruses by doing nothing <laughs> at times. So uh, we, we, we yeah. got basically every dialer, malware or stuff you could get there. Uh, I, I remember uh, getting one of like the scariest uh, malware I've seen was one that changed my desktop image to like this sort of uh, stretch uh, warning sign saying I had mm-hmm. to I had to download their antivirus and just lock me out of everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I've seen them all. But the reason I'm talking about is that like there was no way Half-Life 2 was going to run there. But I was trying in every possible way. And uh, like I was so desperate that then when I actually got a, a new PC years later, uh, that Centrino laptop I was talking about before, uh, one of the first games I played there was Half-Life 2, uh, which mm. wasn't, let's say I didn't get that in a legit way. Uh, but then I discovered oh, about good. I discovered about uh, Portal. Okay. Uh, Portal is one of my favorite games ever. Like, I love Portal. It's generally, Portal mm-hmm. essentially changed my view on gaming. That's how much I like it. But, the funny thing is, the only reason I know Portal exists is because um, I was to, I, I made a Steam account at the time. Uh, I probably it isn't the one I have right now, uh, sure. but it, because I made it so that I could just re- redeem every single free key I could find because I had no credit card. Of course, uh, yeah. So I played this this game called Portal: The First Lies, which is a tech demo they were giving out on your Steam uh, to people who had an NVIDIA graphics card. Mm-hmm. It was basically, <laughs> it was just the first levels of Portal. Uh, so I I played that, I loved it, and I was like, okay, I gotta get the full game. Uh, one day later, my, my connection dies for like a week because my mom changed the provider for internet. So yeah. uh, I was desperate enough that, that I somehow managed to get the... Uh, WEP key for uh like a Wi-Fi network somewhere, uh, <laughs> and I but it was so slow. So I downloaded uh, a non-legit version of Portal that had <laughs> had all of the audio ripped out, the the quotes from Gladys. So, oh, just so, so it was like it was a rip, just yes, to, like it, conserve yes, on it storage. Was, it, it was like a hundred and sixty megabyte rip. <laughs> so I I I played the game. I love it but I don't know about GLaDOS since it was in the game. So when I replay like it, when I have a proper connection, I'm like, oh, so she's she's yeah, she's going mad. Wow. Because I didn't know that. I just didn't know. That's amazing. Um, I need to, uh, I'm going to share this with you real quick because I want to get your reaction to it here. Okay. So uh, back in 2018, I had gone to Seattle. I went to Valve because uh, I emailed them like weeks ahead to see if I could just like get a tour because they do that. And they yes. scheduled one for me near the end of my trip. Um, so when you're there, uh, they they don't have any oh, wow. merch that you can buy there, unfortunately. But uh, so I just sent Fammy a photo of me <laughs> hugging a giant companion cube plushie. It's great. So. I do own one of those because it was too awesome to not purchase. <laughs> um, however, I had taken like I was, you know, messing around like I saw it and it's like super soft and I like got a picture of me hugging it. After I did that, the receptionist told me that that was the same. They, they've had it here for a while, but they said that the 
voice actress for GLaDOS had come at one point and she did the exact same thing with oh, that same Ellen, plushie. Oh, Ellen McLean, yeah. I, I love that. I, I love her. Uh, yes, but, but we both hugged the same plushie. It's, it's awesome. It's <laughs> it's a great start. I'm very happy for you. I like. Uh, I don't know if you know that, but she's actually uh, married with the TF2 sniper voice actor, which is also... I did not know that. That's cool. It's also the same voice actor that dubbed a lot of video games, including uh, he dubbed a supporting character, uh, several NPCs in Half-Life 2, uh, a supporting character in No One Lives Forever, uh, which is an okay. FPS from the early 2000s uh, that I oh, yeah. suggest. Like, I don't know if you have played that, but great game. I think I like physically have it, but I haven't played it. Uh, I was replaying, like, I was just replaying it, I think, two months ago. And I wanted to see if it was as good as I remember, and it was. The thing is that, like, that's uh, awesome. It it has some very interesting, like, it's a spy, it's a spy game, yeah, yeah, yeah. set in the sixties, and it's full of like spy tactics you can use, which is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. it's something that uh, even for now is very cool to try because uh, I know we've been like waiting to get it officially re-released. It's yes, just kind of been stuck yes, for a while. It, it, no, it's probably gonna be stuck forever to the point where fans have made a like. It's basically abandoned where, and there is a website yeah. that is hosting every single thing, including uh, every upscale AI texture, th- texture and engine fix and everything, because they basically say, look, they're not going to, raise the, to release the gun, so just download it and fix it yourself because it's mm-hmm. the best we're going to get. And they haven't got, like, they haven't uh, had any takedowns. So uh, mm. I, I think that's going to be the case. The problem is that, like, it's one of those situations where uh the company that made the game got bought bought by another company which also got by another company and it's basically uh like you you don't you end up not even knowing the owners of the ip anymore because like yep. a company gets bought by another one they're not yeah so yep. they don't know who the, the the trademark belongs to as far as i can tell so like and no, nobody's is, is looking into this so they just said okay we, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna just try and and <laughs> so you you can download i don't even know if that counts as piracy because nobody it, it's is still piracy forcing. technically but yeah like the the actual like copyright owners haven't done any takedowns yeah, on it I because guess. i like that way the paints like in, like here it's piracy uh mm-hmm. but according to what i heard uh it depends on the the nation like some nations consider uh, copyright not valid when it's not enforced, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is interesting. It's yeah. it's also a, a concept that I like. I, I think should be explored more because we are reaching the point where uh, there there is like even with patents, there are patents which aren't enforced or used, and they like you you still can't do anything about that, even though like there are some potential like even me- medical grade uh, patents that are blocked for the reason, even though nobody's using them. And like, mm-hmm. there isn't even any company behind it or person. It's just blocked. And it's, it's weird. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> That's uh, how it goes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also remembering like, uh, D- Disney, which is constantly, uh, making the, the Mickey Mouse. Uh, yeah. 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 The yeah, Mickey where Mouse they just keep like ex- extending longer. the uh, the copyright on there. Yeah, or, is that the trademark? The, the, no, I think it's a trademark. Yeah, they, they basically, uh, as far as I can tell, they are lobbying the they're lobbying the Senate constantly, and they constantly just make the copyright law last longer. Yep. Yep. Which is, it's ridiculous, but I guess they're trying to 
protect their IP. Then again, I, I, I heard that like Winnie the Pooh expired, so you can do it, do whatever you want for it now. Winnie the Pooh did expire, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. And like when Mickey Mouse is going to expire, it's going to be funny. You're going to see loads of stuff. It's going to be entertaining when that <laughs> yes. happens. Yeah. Like considering how hated Disney is too, like people are going to go wild with it. <laughs> Absolutely. I uh I do have a uh, a last thing that I ask my guests on here sure. um as we're wrapping up. Uh so well I I guess a couple things here. Uh one of them is, you know, again, thank you for coming on. Oh, so thank fun. you for having me on I, Sleep oh, Deprived like this. <laughs> of course, it's been it's been fun. Well, this is like the only time that really worked, so we we managed to get it sorted. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I guess if uh, people want to see what you do, interact with you, any of that other stuff, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, you can just search for F4MI, uh, Femi, or go to Femi.com, which links you to my channel. Uh, it's just a redirect uh, URL. Perfect. Um, also, uh... all, or you, you can type... Uh, Bill Gates dot sexy. That's also right there. Oh my god, you did, you see that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I I I, I buy domains uh, from time to time. I own too many of them, and most of them are very stupid. I just like sniping stupid domains. I own uh, daftpunk dot mom <laughs> because like it's it's exactly like dot com until you realize it's not. Yeah. And I love that one. Um, I, I I also there. Are, there are some ones that I don't want to publicly disclose because I want to keep them a surprise. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, yeah, I, I just, I, I like looking because sometimes they're very cheap. Like you can find cool domains for five years and people don't realize how cool they are until you actually do something cool with them. Uh, and I snipe some insane domains for like five years. That's amazing. So I, yeah. I can uh, respect that. <laughs> what, I, what I do on the channel is, uh, so you can find loads of tech videos and uh, game videos, but also completely different stuff. I just I talk about whatever is interesting to me in a some like in an essay like manner. Uh, my old videos were a bit all over the place, but that's what I pretty much do right now. Uh, but I also don't really have a set format, so you're gonna see loads of different stuff. That's just the kind of the kind of stuff like. Uh, I am not a very static person, and you can probably see that by <laughs> these two hours and forty-three of uh, forty-five uh, of uh, of podcast, <laughs> where I like we talked about everything, like, pretty just, much everything. Yes, we just yeah. went everywhere. So uh, if you like, just <laughs> that sort of vibe, but you know, less chaotic and less sleep-deprived way. That's what I do. Perfect. <laughs> So to, uh, you know, right before we get out of here, uh, this is again, another thing I always extend out to my guest, but, uh, for anybody who has made it to the very end here, thank you very much for hanging out. Uh, but I do like to pick a keyword or a key phrase that people can use if they comment. And if they leave a comment on the YouTube upload, we'll know that they've made it to the end. So Fami, uh, what keyword or key phrase should uh, someone use? Let's say green flamingo. <laughs> Green flamingo? Yes. Okay, that, that's, that's a unique one. Quite specific. So we know. It is. It is. Yeah, but it works out. All right. So if you use the phrase green flamingo, then we'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode. Yes. It sounds like the, the, the keyword in one of those like uh, old spy movies where they have like to activate sleeping agents. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> I, I, I love it. Use this. <laughs> just, just please, if you comment this, don't turn into murderers. We are not advocating for that. Just 
Yes, what, we should wrap it up here. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 my, my sleep deprivation is turning me into, um, this. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it happens. No, uh, jokes aside, uh, thanks for like, thanks for having me here. Of course, yeah. No, it's been fun. So, um, I'm, I'm very happy to like. I followed your stuff since years, uh, because I mean, when you're in the modding scene, you're bound to find your stuff because it's what pops up it's it is so weird how that happens but yes and i'm not saying that sarcastically i'm just like i did not expect that to happen i'm sorry yeah like, <laughs> like i i distinctly remember when that started happening because uh like i i used to follow forum guides for forever and then mm. i started looking on youtube because up until a point youtube guides used to suck if you remember yes yes that is true <laughs> so i i just didn't do it. then i noticed that like you had some some videos and i was like, okay this guy knows how to edit and explain stuff he's not <laughs> pointing a camera towards a, a toaster so hey uh, hey, hey yeah. that was th those are my early videos all right <laughs> I, I i got it out the way yeah hey i didn't know what obs was and yeah. cam, like cam studio was the only thing we had so oh, yeah. I, I mean i a part of me still like sees obs as recent because i was used to yeah. uh, to, to explain for live streaming I'll, I'll be honest i there's times I will go back to not my videos, but I'll look at like old videos from that era just for the nostalgic like standpoints of it, where it's like you have like a copyrighted music like like song like playing in the yes. background. It's not even like integrated into the video. It's like literally you can hear it playing on someone's stereo in another room, and this person is just like typing on their computer and they're pointing their camera at the screen. Like I I love going back to old. No, yeah, I, like I love that, that kind so. of stuff. Uh, there is this um, Twitter profile which just posts all YouTube videos like that but i i don't like i've seen it pop up but then i don't know the name it's just like a I youtube archive with people doing random stuff and it's interesting because it's a time capsule uh a time mm -hmm. capsule which we didn't get like right now we are used to having videos from like two years ago you can just search for them but if you yeah. think about it digital video from like 2004 5 in decent quality is quite difficult to have that's true and like yeah. when you find it you're seeing just how different stuff was even just uh, I mean, it's 19 years ago, but still, mm -hmm. uh, it's like it's um, it's different than seeing stuff from the 80s where the technology was so different. 2004 is really because you have computers, you had um, essentially proto smartphones with Simeons and BlackBerry, but everything was basically in a better version. It's like you see people living in a in what's an early version of our present, essentially. Uh, like they did the same stuff in a in a early way, if that makes sense, tech wise, and it's no, amazing. It makes sense. Uh, yeah. I, I, that's why I really love like 2000s technology because it was it's quite similar to what we have today, just very primitive. And half of it was see through. Yeah, yeah, I love <laughs> I, I, I love see through stuff. Cool. Uh, I, I'm I'm actually it, thinking about like buying. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Steam Deck back cover that's completely. I've seen that. Yep. Yes. Yep. I love it. I love those. I would recommend getting that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we, we, we've been talking for, for a while. I, I, yes. I, I think I guess, I, I mean, I started ma making jokes about keywords and spy movies and secret agents murdering. It's, That's, it's all good. We, we have the, we have the keyword out so we yeah. can, we can sign off yeah. here. Uh, yeah. okay. So, so thanks for everyone that tuned in and, Absolutely. uh, thank you again. Thank you for like having me here. I'm very happy. Sleep deprived, but happy. <laughs> uh, well. I, yeah, I, I'm glad I could have you on. It's been it's been an awesome talk. Yeah, same. Like I'm very happy to like 
the topics we explore, like you bringing up nest on a ship, amazing. Like you, you, you just like you had me pop off there because that's that's one of my favorite things ever in the world. I, I, I just love reverse engineering hardware, like how they did that. It's top it's five amazing. things ever. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I could help with that. But anyways, I I, th I think that's about it here. Yes, I think we can. Yeah. I think I can go to sleep. <laughs> Perfect. Um, anyways, uh, this is Mr. Mario signing off. And thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. And until next month. <laughs>